And welcome to another episode of the Winners You Podcast. Still haunted for newbies. We are a sort of video game boot club hailing from both ends of the United Kingdom, giving you deep dive discussions into everything. Nope, 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 not into everything. We don't talk about a lot of things. We don't talk about. I don't know. We don't talk much about coffee. We talk about too much. Well, we don't talk about a lot about coffee, but uh, certain games and things in the media do. Do you want to know yeah, something? Yeah, do you want to know something really weird? <clears throat> Yeah. And also hilarious because young people are stupid, right? So mm-hmm. um, at the college that I work, and this is going to give away where I work if people want to come and stab me, so that there is security there, so don't try it. There is a there is a garden in front of one of the student lodgings, and it's called the Zhao Tan Fu Garden or something like that. And it's, okay. f- it's for a Chinese lady who was, I believe, okay. famous in some regard in that she was some sort of, like, news reader or something. Some media personality, anyway. She must have graduated from Cambridge University. So she has donated a lot of money to the college, and they built her a garden. That was nice. Yeah. So she has recently, like, some point last year, she went missing. Believed, I think, to have, like eloped with some bloke and they've both like gone missing i feel like if you've got enough money to get a garden named after you you, you need to elope. she was having an affair so maybe not eloped, right. but like ran off with some she had an affair yeah about. well that's kind of what i took from that i was yeah. like i don't know just stick it out yeah got loads of money move somewhere sorry right. so because she's gone missing well first of all apparently the, the very existence of this garden made people it's think that garden. no it's very public I'll, I'll tell you how dead. public in a minute um many people believe that uh that she was sort of like some kind of spy or that the college was working with china spies, chinese spies right, or something. okay okay yeah right, okay. <laughs> but obviously people think that the chinese government has probably like disappeared her <clears throat> for being right. a big famous person who had an affair because that's naughty however because of this Apparently, and I've only seen it like one time, but this happens quite regularly. Just fucking coach loads of Chinese people just come up and stand in the garden <laughs> for ages. <laughs> Start hiding SIM cards in our garden under the rocks and stuff like that from Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, they were all like, there were so many of them. Like, I don't know what they were doing. They were all just stood there. Like, honestly, I saw them get off the coach. It's a private road, but apparently it's a public garden. Okay. And I thought that this was like just some kind of like conference because the college puts on loads of conferences and stuff. But no, they were just going to go stand in her garden. And we have an apprentice who's like 21. And uh, I said, like, oh, look, have you seen that? And he was like, oh, yeah, what are they all doing? I was like, well, they're all standing there because it's the garden of that woman who disappeared. And he went, what are they doing? Are they looking for her? <laughs> well, in the garden that she's named after. Don't think so, mate. Fucking <sighs> young people, man. <laughs> are they looking for her? Yeah, they thought she might just be <laughs> in the garden. This is where I went camping. It's my garden now. Or she's buried. If they were like digging it up, that'd be quite funny. Like, yeah, she's buried in it or something. But yeah, oh, that'd be good. 
Just uh, so many of them. I could not, but I just looked out the window like, why the, why the fuck are all these Chinese people just standing there? Are they, I guess they're obviously <laughs> the paying garden. respects or something to a disappeared, you know, adulterer. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But apparently it happens all the time. There's the people who are in that office who can see the garden just say, oh, they come all the time. Like every day, there's just fucking loads of them just show up and stand there. Because Chinese people standing around. Yeah. <laughs> 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 What are you doing today? Just going to the Xiao Tan Fu Garden again. What for? Going to look for her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's such an idiot, bless his heart. He's a oh. fucking idiot. Anyway, this is a video game podcast, and I was stumbling my way through an introduction. Yeah, there's no Chinese people. They're so, not allowed to play those. Yes, we are uh, for the newbies to this podcast. We don't just talk Chinese people. If you know where she is, though, let my apprentice know, because he thinks she's in a garden. Yeah, let him know. Um, he's there now looking <laughs> uh, we are a, a sort of video game book club hailing from both ends of the United Kingdom giving you deep dive discussions into a different game just about every week we talk ins, outs, ups, downs and every so often we stumble into some decent chat and give you some insight along the way but not this week no sir, this week it's time to take a breath and take stock of the year that was this week it's time to discuss our annual, well I guess it's an annual I was going to say second annual, I can't remember how many of these, second or third Annual, because this will be the third year of the podcast, right? We've got to have done this twice. And in the bag. We've got to have done yeah. this twice. Um, I, I almost texted you to be like, don't forget to wear your tie again like last year, but then I thought I could oh, be asked to put a tie yeah. on. <laughs> so I didn't. Yeah. It's, uh, this week it's time for our annual Game of the Year podcast in which we dole out awards for the games we have played throughout 2023. So On this podcast. Well, on this podcast. So, while you get your ears accustomed to our accents, my name is remains David, at least for the moment, and sitting 10 miles across from me um, is... Well, let's, 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 no, no, let's do Let's go 2023 miles across 2023 from 2023 miles, yeah. Yeah, um, is my partner in crime, Mr. Alex Aldridge. How are you today, apart from having moved back to the 90s with your CRTV, CRTTV webcam? Oh, yeah, it's got... Although it's fixed itself. Yeah, it seems to have fixed it. Technology, right? Who understands it? I should, because it's my job. I I enjoy the fact that that very much so, a lot of the time, solutions to IT problems are just turn it off and on again when it comes to PCs. Didn't actually fix this one, but just sort of waiting for it to fix itself did. So work that Mm -hmm. out. You're back with another strong t-shirt game today, I see. Alex stands up to reveal a Halo Combat Evolved t-shirt. Yeah, this one... This one is uh, from Final Boss. It's got all this shit on the back. Do you know what I like about that name, Combat Evolved? Is it actually did evolve the first-person shooter genre? It, it sounded incredibly like full of bravado, but no, on the money, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Sorry, boys, it. they did. They did evolve yeah. it. <laughs> um, we may have a Halo game this year planned. Hopefully, we, potentially. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we do. Well. It, We've, I think we've suggested that even if we don't talk about it explicitly as an episode, because we've got so many 360-centric episodes coming up this year, we're we just going to play them anyway. It's going to get played, yeah. yeah. It's going to be a fun year, 2024. Oh, yeah, it sure is. It's, um, 2023 was a fun year. Not only did the actual industry bring out fucking loads of great games, even though it fired a bunch yeah. of people while doing it, because fuck the games industry. Um some absolute you know what, mate? I, I think it's. I think it's a. It, I think it's just a, a, a sign of my age. But I, I am so sick of the. I've moaning about this today with another friend. I'm so sick of the games industry, like across the board, from like board level to yeah. the way video games are covered. 
to specific people within the video games industry to the fact that nobody seems to be able to have a stable job in the industry to the fact that I'll I'll always be salty that I never got a stable job within the video games industry like too right I hate it I hate it but I love it yeah I love having fun in video games the rest of it's not very fun no no and the amount of times I remember the early days of the Energy podcast before it morphed into this guy's the amount of times there was that period like throughout the sort of 2010s where it just felt like you were getting kicked in the nuts by Nintendo over and over again like everything you loved they were just coming over and shitting on you yeah, especially like <sighs> late late 2010s where Wii U and yeah. all that stuff was going on. I mean, they still kind of do it now with the Switch, right? It's not perfect, is it? No. no as as we no. discussed on our previous smash hit podcast of ranking every co- games console. I was actually uh, thinking about two or three days ago, you know, like when this sort of Switch 2 rumours started to sort of gain a lot of traction in the last week. Um, I was like, so... Because a lot of people are saying that the rumor is it's, it's essentially going to be a sort of jazzed up version of the current Switch. And I was like, so how in that regard are they going to be able to resell me my old the games I've already bought like eight times? How are they going to do it? I think they might have hit the end of the road with that. They may be. If anyone's going to do it again, it's going to be them. I don't want to say that they're hit the end of the road with that because it's Nintendo. They'll do what they want. Yeah. Still going to be underpowered from day one, though. We know that much. Almost certainly. But this is a celebration today, Alex. We're going to be talking all things played the game. Well, it's not a complete celebration. It's going to be fun, though. Yeah. There's the obligatory obligatory shitting on something. Uh, I'm loving the fact that... um, well, actually, this is coming out second, isn't it? We've got we're recording sort of two podcasts in two days. Yes. This one's like the the second, but we're recording it first. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm very much loving that uh, certain things on our 2023 awards spreadsheet have now changed in light of something that <laughs> will be discussed they have indeed. or have just recently been discussed. Which they is excellent. have indeed. Yeah, that will that will be fun to discuss. Alex uh, has kindly. Created a, as usual, created a nice nominees list for us. So I guess it's probably worth saying we're going to go through these these lists. And um, we've got best story award, we've got best gameplay award, we've got most bullshit award, we've got best surprise, worst game, outsider award, which is the non non pod game of the year, um, and overall best game, as well as our most anticipated pod game for 2024 and our most anticipated releases for 2024. Yeah, a couple of nice ones at the end. And uh, as I suggested, or as I laid out at the beginning um, a few minutes ago, we are when we're talking about our games of the year, there will be some from 2023 releases because we try to play those if we can get them in and if we can afford them, blah, 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 blah. Um, but we are going explicitly for games that we covered on the podcast in 2023. So they are yeah. the pool we had to choose from. Was, oh, yes, of course. It was God of War Ragnarok, which was our first. This is, an, this is an order, right? Yeah, in the order that we covered them as, uh, yeah, pod episodes. Uh, the Dead Space remake, Dead Space 2, Titanfall 2, Donkey Kong Country 1 and 2, Resident Evil 4 remake, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, Shadow Complex, Warhammer 40k, Bolt Gun, Banjo-Kazooie, Super Mario All-Stars, Resident Evil 2 remake, Resident Evil 3, Resident Evil, the original PlayStation 1, Metal Gear Solid, Simpsons Hit and Run, Layers of Fear, Fear, Alan Wake, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, Max Payne 2, and Alan Wake 2. They are, that is the pool of 23 games that we had to choose from for this, apart from, as David said, the uh, the Outsider Award, which is games that David and I have played on our own, away from the podcast, that we think is our favourite game that we played in 2023. Yeah, but we'll get exactly. to that later. 
We will. The normal formula that we do is we go away, we make a list of five winners or like top five each category mm-hmm. each and now we're just going to mash them together for a winner and then two runners up yes yes that'll be fun so i guess we start at the top do we yeah kick off with best story yeah so how do we want to do this i guess there's not that much deviation i think you have one game different to me i have one game different to you and looking at the right, order I've just seen what it is, yeah. Yeah, they're fairly similar. I think one dropped off the bottom for you, which was probably Max Payne 2. It did, yes. Which was, was number four off. for me. Mm-hmm. I, I like Max Payne. I'm, I'm not yeah. too... I wouldn't be too upset if it ends up being on the list. It was a great game. Um, it is sort of... We covered Max Payne in 2022, I think. Um, Max Payne 1, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, it's, it's a difficult one. I think I covered this when we, we spoke about Max Payne 2 on the podcast in that... Technically speaking, and it is, even in, even from an enjoyment perspective, it's better in every way than Max Payne 1 was. Yeah. For some reason, it just didn't have that, like, wow factor. Does that make sense? No, yeah, completely. That Max Payne 1 had, and I guess that's why it's sort of, it's ended up falling off my list. But like I say, I, I didn't dislike it. I, enjoy, I enjoyed it immensely, so I wouldn't be too disheartened if it ended up, because I'm, I'm trying to look like... You don't have Metal... Oh, you do have Metal Gear Solid on your list. I, I think it's... The one that we are missing is... You Dead had... Space Remake. Yeah, I was surprised to see that you'd put that on there. I just think it's a classic classic horror story. I mean, it's not complicated or... It, did you think it was better in the remake as well than, than originally? Because I guess, I guess Isaac talks this time around. He talks this time around. He feels like a more rounded character. Um and the gameplay change, the the changes. I think, although gameplay related, they serve to make the world feel a bit more cohesive and scary mm-hmm. in a way. And and it's, everything's just a bit more. I, I just think like I, I love the original Dead Space, but everything's just a bit more ev- evocative to me in the second Dead Space. And yeah, I find the from what I remember, I, I enjoy the the sort of trail of Alex's Alex's that's you Isaac's girlfriend as you sort of make your way around and try and figure out what happened to her mm-hmm. and I think the cult stuff is really quite interesting there's, there's maybe a bit of a theme actually because there's another cult game that will make our way on our list um, or a game that involves a cult at least we actually um, I was listening back to our Alan Wake 1 podcast to sort of prep myself for mm. Alan Wake 2 which listeners will have already heard but um, it's quite funny that we called Alan Wake 1 a cult game and Alan Wake 2 is a cult game if that makes sense <laughs> yeah okay yeah I get that um, yeah I, I don't know like, like I say I, I think it was a, a well it was it was an awesome remake as far as remakes go I, I, I find the cult stuff interesting I mm. think that the, the story in 1 at least is, is, is pretty interesting and pretty compelling it's just it's just a simple fun pretty predictable story is one the the one where um you've got that woman and she says that she's going to help Isaac to get off of the thing in the helicopter but then she screws him over is that that one yeah that's right and then and then she sort of you're imagining are you imagining her or something there's a lot of psychedelic imagine, stuff so it going turned, on. yeah so you're imagining the appearances of your girlfriend and um, that's the the marker is doing that um, and then yeah. there's the stuff with like your yeah, that's true. Actually, as you're going around, you sort of yeah, you start if you read the sort of note the voice recordings and stuff, you start piecing together how this ship sort of fell apart. Yeah, at the seams and all the and how the cult or the the marker started sort of like 
wheedling its way into people's minds and stuff like that and made them paranoid and yeah it turns out that like, you you can't actually trust what you're seeing a lot of the time yeah um, yeah i mean i like that i certainly it's like hard the way i'm trying to sell a built. story that i know there's not a lot to sell about it it's it's quite a predictable yeah it's an action heavy game as well so a lot of yeah. story is is kind of told through just crazy shit that happens to poor old isaac which is quite funny to to think about how much he has to go through in that one few <laughs> hour stretch um and this i guess part of the story or the 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 quality of the story of dead space is obviously the the world building and the the lore that it kind of builds around yeah and the lore i think the lore is probably more interesting than the the actual way the story plays itself out and it's stuff like i I remember about i mean i i don't know how relevant this is for a remake but when the original came out for example it it was nice that they actually attempted to build isaac into the world as well he wasn't just some sort of lunatic running about with a gun the 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 weapons they gave him were all supposedly engineers' tools rather than guns. Yeah. Um. And it, yeah. And I just thought it like made him fit within the universe a bit more. Um. He felt a bit more believable. You're it. The, at least the initial puzzles are having you go around performing sort of in quotation marks engineering tasks like fixing, um, what is it like grav trains and stuff that have come off the yeah, rails so that you can move on power nodes and sticking them into walls and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just a fun game. It's great. Um, it's a, it's just, yeah, it's, and it's got nice elements of like schlocky B movie horror. I mean, it's it's quite um, reminiscent of uh, Event Horizon. It's quite close. Yeah, that's, yeah, a, that's quite, a great, it's quite that's a, that's a great that, show. So, mm-hmm. Which is also kind of a schlocky B movie uh, horror film, but it's also got all these like you know supernatural, paranormal elements to it as well. So. There's a there's there's some good horror in it, which obviously has to be written as part of a story. It's not just game. Yeah, gameplay. I think gameplay. I'd be fighting more for this game if it was in sort of best world or best um, setting. Yeah. yeah, of the year. Yeah, um, Ishimura rules. I love it. Ishimura is so good. Um, it, it's always going to be overshadowed because Dead Space Two is still fun, but just not as not on the same level as Dead Space One. Mm. And Dead Space Three was just bad. And yeah, I, I, I for some it. reason, as much as I love Dead Space, I just can't. I can't quite tease those apart, but then on the flip of that, and I know I know you don't ag- agree with this, but it's it re- for all the Resident Evil games we've played, it remains my favourite mm. one of those. I absolutely adore it. So good. Um, I mean, there's no Resi in this list. I mean, we don't no. really have a, a huge amount of games outside of these sort of five and six that we've listed here that mm-hmm. really have that much of a story or a story that's even remotely good like i would say stuff like shadow complex's story is terrible um and then you've got you know we had a lot of platformers like mario's and donkey kong's they don't really have a story yeah um mario wonder doesn't have a story fear i didn't i didn't jive with that story really i didn't jive with the story and i enjoyed playing it but see the further away i get from fear the less i like it yeah i agree it played fun, and mm-hmm. but it was yeah, it was ugly. It was kind of bland at times, and yeah, the story itself was kind of hard to even understand after time because it was just noises and a little girl walking about that didn't really do a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Layers of fear. I mean, it had a story. Again, a lot of it was sort of reading things, mm-hmm. and it was more just that had that had like an excellent atmosphere to it. That was atmosphere again. It reminded it's that sort of alien isolation, sort of recreation of the area that you're operating within was was awesome yeah 
but the story itself, yeah, just never grabbed me mm. particularly. Um, I, I mean, I'm happy to cut Max Payne 2 for a start. I, as you say, the, the story is probably better than the first one. There's a lot more like mm-hmm. conspiracy Definitely going on, is. a lot more twists and turns mm-hmm. in it. The, it's more the delivery of the story that's so great about that game, but I think it does go a, a tad like over the top with the amount of times Max gets screwed over or shit happens to him that's unexpected. And by the end, it's kind of wrapped itself up a bit, a few too many times to be as coherent as it probably thinks it is. Could you imagine going to like a dinner party with Max Payne? How much of an absolute fun sponge would he be? <laughs> I could listen to him tell some stories. He might, have, yeah. he might have good joke delivery. I don't, we don't know. We just don't yeah. know. Just don't talk about his wife and his kid or anything like that. I'm surprised, and this is maybe my memory sort of misremembering. Yeah, that's a sentence that I said. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've got a memory of God of War Ragnarok grating on you by the end. Did I make that up? No, because it's in all the categories later on with the uh, most bullshit. Um, that was mainly because, and we'll get more on this later, but how it just kind of like couldn't help itself. It loved the sound of its <laughs> own voice. It just would not <laughs> shut up. I actually think the story of God of War Ragnarok, from what I remember, is actually pretty, you know, it's, it's the basis of what you're doing. and it's, it's constantly giving you story. It's a culmination of a, of sort of a father-son. Yeah. And going through the moments, I think actually The Witcher Three touches on this at the end of the game, in which it's sort of the the this the child has become a person in their own right, and they're ready to go off into the world. And I guess you're—I don't know—I'm not a parent, so I'm about to spout some absolute bullshit here, folks. So just get ready for this. I guess I, for me, like the job as a parent is like you bring your kid up, and at some point they do move off and become their own person and their own adult, and go and forge their own life and you will make mistakes as a parent like he did. But the fact is he managed to get his kid to the point <laughs> where he could go off into the world alive and well. And I guess that, yeah, he's, he's, he's a man that has had many failings throughout the God of War series and that's a, sort of one success he's managed. Mm-hmm. The strongest parts of that story, I think, were like around Odin and how Odin's sort of trying to coerce Atreus. Yeah, Atreus away from... Kratos, That's right. I and of about course, that, yeah. the fact that he's like hidden in plain sight, in he's hanging out with Kratos's gang and the dwarves and all that, like throughout yeah. the whole game. He's that I can't remember what the guy's name is, but he's that big sort of lanky the, guy. It's, it's um God of War. Is it? No, he's it's the God of War. What's the oh yeah Viking one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. It is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then towards the end of the game, he like sort of transforms into Odin. Like, yeah, mate. I've been here the whole time. I know everything you're doing. See you later. And then sort of disappears. So that was cool. And of course, you know, it's incredibly cinematic. It's just, as I say, just loves the sound of its own voice. And I just, yeah, probably got a little bit tired of it by the end. You know, spectacular ending sequence when you've got like the actual Ragnaroks going on and you've got all of his mates coming to help him out. It's just, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think it just thought a little bit too highly of itself. Yeah, I think it does. But I, th- I think I think all PlayStation Five yeah. or PlayStation exclusive at this point kind of kind of fall for that as well. They they do like the smell of their own farts. I was about a to say it's a much. fart sniffers console, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like overall, we really did. I really. I mean, did enjoy an incredible, that game. incredible voice acting job by Christopher. What's his name? Yeah, I don't know. I've got his head. I've got his the man that's also famous for a speech that went on too long, and then. 
And then Je- uh, Jeff Keighley gave everybody fucking 30 seconds the year after. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Judge. That's the man. Yeah, he, uh, yeah. yeah, incredible performance by him as well. We need to have a look at the DLC that's free for that. It's meant to be very good. Oh, yeah. Isn't it just like a roguelike? I think it looks like combat rooms to me, as far as yeah. I can see. But yeah, people are calling it a roguelike. It so and I've heard people sort of, people like sit talking about the DLC and Hades within the same sentence. So uh, In a world where Hades 2 is coming out this year, uh, I'll wait for we'll that. just wait for Hades 2. Well, yeah, I will anyway. So I would, I would vote to cut... Ragnarok, because we both put it number five anyway. And we, yeah, we have the same top three between the two of us, so it does, you know. If we cut, if we cut, oh yeah, because we're trying to get to our top three, don't we? Yeah. Um, and Dead Space is not as good as our top three, so I guess it goes to. But Dead I did enjoy it. It's had its time in the sun. So your number three was my number two, which is Metal Gear Solid. I've done a bit of a flip on the old Metal Gear Solid and I'm looking forward to the opportunity to dig into more of these mm. games as time goes on because I used to, th- I mean, I still do to an extent, used to think that these were absolute lunacy that were just, again, talking about fart sniffing that didn't make any sense and were just absolutely batshit insane. And they're all those things, <laughs> but I still found myself liking it despite itself. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is actually great. This is like a, yeah, it's just so dumb. But I'm I'm on I'm up for the ride here. It is great. Um, yeah, it's the most coherent re- uh, Metal Gear has ever been. Right at this at this early yes. stage, this was just pure sort of cinema in the middle of a game. And considering we're talking about one of the oldest games that we covered this year as well, to have a story that mm-hmm. well written and that you know with that many strong moments in it, you know you got like Psycho Mantis and some of you know the other characters like Sniper Wolf and fucking Otacon who's uh, obsessed with her for some reason. Yeah, Liquid Snake and his um, hanging out with Revolver Ocelot and how they screw Snake over and make him launch the nukes for him. You got all the stuff with Colonel Campbell as well. Like it's this, it's got a lot of memorable moments to its story. When Snake's clone brother takes his top off so he can have a fight with him on top of inexplicably things. I, I would like this man to be shirtless when he wakes up so that I can fight him skin on skin. He won't have a choice in the matter. The absolute like vicious digs that. Solid Snake gave to what's her name with the what's her Meryl when Meryl, he, she was standing yeah. up, yeah, just absolutely ripped the shit out of her in the bathroom. Yeah, poor Meryl. It's, it's awesome. I, yeah, what I was about to say is I think it's important to sort of note again, like a time and place for this game. This game was like the story at the time this game came out, where it was, it, I think it blew people away. I remember there was a lot of yeah, people that were sort of coming of age in that era. Yes. Who was at university and college and stuff like that. Sort of amazed that video games weren't just these kids' consoles where you jump around. Yeah. And they could be more than the sum of, more than what they had been up to that point. And yeah, I think big fan of Metal Gear Solid for that, for that reason. Mm. Is it as good as Alan Wake? I mean, you clearly think so. Yeah, and you... Do you don't. think Alan Wake's better because we've played Alan Wake 2? I actually almost think it's worse now because I think Alan Wake 2 is so superior to it. Mm-hmm. I actually, that's true. That's very true, actually. I'm not just pivoting here. I, now you're saying it, I do. There Because there's several occasions where I've been playing Alan Wake 2 and they've sort of referred back to things in Alan Wake and yeah. they almost look more hokey. Yeah, than they were, and in, in in the way that like Alan Wake was, people used to talk about Alan Wake as the what's the Night Springs? What 
what what am I what's wrong with my brain this evening? Twin Peaks. Um, the Twin Peaks stuff, yeah. Um, and that like, but I, from what I know of Twin Peaks, this is that more and properly well done. Mm. Alan Wake too. I mean, and, mm. um, and oh, Alan, yeah. Alan Wake just seems a little bit more amateurish. So I might yeah. be on. I might be on on board with you in that regard. Yeah, I think Alan Wake has to go third, doesn't it? And because I think now, now you've just said that you've totally turned me around. I think Metal Gear Solid is better from a story perspective than Alan Wake. Yeah, it's um, it's just so groundbreaking as you've just said a minute ago, and it obviously weaves in a lot of complicated political standpoints as well on top of what it's actually trying to talk about, and it is kind of dumb and silly, which Alan Wake is as well. It's just because Alan Wake 2 has surpassed the the way both the way that Alan Wake tells its story and the story like the content of it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I really do still like Alan Wake, and we had a, like a really nice time remembering that this game was probably better than we remember like thought it was. Yeah, and I will say from like a gameplay perspective, it's it's not in our lists for that spoiler, but I will say there there's moments where I've been sort of and I, I know I've been doing this sort of dog's body stuff at the moment in Alan Wake 2. So that maybe is partly why of it, but there's a snappiness in, in speed of movement in Alan Wake that Alan Wake 2 does not have. There's a lot of the time where you sort of find myself like trudging around environments and like I just think Saga just moves ever so slightly too slowly. Whereas Alan Wake goes, um, the first guy, and he, we're talking about story, so it's, <laughs> it's perhaps not relevant. But I did, I did want to mention that because I don't think it'll come up. Uh, it was funny as well because in the Alan Wake 1 podcast you were talking about their stamina and how like alan wake will stop sprinting after a while they actually do he, he, def- he definitely does that in it, does like, that. indefinitely now in- he does that i think the bit sort of base movement speed of um alan is much quicker mm. it may be just be my memory but yeah no, uh, both are true <laughs> i guess is what i'm saying yeah that game probably needs some sort of fast travel at times but anyway i did find um also i don't know why but um alan wake is dressed in his American Nightmare clothes when he comes out or when he mm, comes out. Which they the... said wasn't canon. Yeah. I just that just jumped into my head. Though. And then at some point he has a biker jacket on. Oh yeah, he does. Well, maybe you've not seen that yet. No, I have, I have. Yeah. I have seen that. That's when he turns into the old scratchy boy. But I think he puts on the biker jacket he puts on is the guy who he kills in the prison cell. Is that not right? Does he not like hit him so hard and just ends up with his jacket on? Oh, of course he does, yeah. You punched him so hard into the bars that he put on his jacket. <laughs> I punched his jacket onto my own skin. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess we've got our two runners up guaranteed anyway, but it sounds like we're doing Alan Wake 3, Metal Gear 2, and then the winner would be Alan Wake 2, which listeners will have heard us talk about the story in the previous episode. But um... Yeah, um, I just think it's phenomenal. It's fucking outrageously good. Like this is in in every way, this is Remedy's best game. But the way that they tell this narrative, the way that they finally managed to make, and I, they started to make it work in control. But they've, the way they've made the live action stuff, oh, so good, seamlessly work along. Like because Quantum walking, Break was a shit uh, show, but this yeah. stuff, like at times I was looking at it like, is that the real Alan Wake or is yeah. that is that the CGI one again? Um, one thing I did notice about the about that is and i've only just found this out today that alan wake the face and the man is a finnish person alan wake's voice is an american man and throughout the game i was just like why is alan wake's dubbing like weird and it doesn't look like he's 
properly saying these words. And it sounds like uh, he's in a different room to Saga, where Saga, I can tell, is definitely talking mm-hmm. right. Why does Alan Wake sound like he's recorded this in a booth? Over the, but it's because it's not his voice. It's somebody else's voice. Because when they did the, the live performance of um, Herald of Darkness, which is a fucking 13-minute banger, I listened to it twice at the gym tonight while running. Um, they had this Matthew, whatever his name is, the actual voice of Alan Wake. He was singing with Mr. Adore, and then Alan Wake, the actual physical actor, was doing all the dancing in the background. So that was pretty cool. It's the same yeah. thing from the first game as well. I didn't even realise that it's the same, like, I guess it's just Remedy. I should have realised, right? Remedy like to put Finnish people faces in the games and then they get Americans to voice them, like Apparently. Max Payne. I'm, I am looking forward to our chat tomorrow on the previous podcast because there's, like, bits where I, I swing between, like, I'm, I am madly invested in the story. Yep. I really enjoyed it. But there are moments where I'm just like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, I, I sat and stood in the cinema and watched that, like, that movie that Alan Wake has. You know, where you, you, come, you come out of, I don't know where you, what you've just done. But anyway, you're, you're standing in the movie theatre and there's like a, it's like, is it like the, the, it's the main guy, isn't it? Like the Max Payne body. Alex and he's Casey, just like yeah. standing in a graveyard and then some girl appears and then he gets his like insight. He gets fed poison but thinks it's alcohol. And then gets his insides opened up. Uh, he, he, I, he has absolutely no idea how he's in the film. I don't know if you've got to that bit later, but Alex Casey's fucking fuming that he doesn't know he? why he's in that film. He doesn't remember being <laughs> like filmed or anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I guess I guess we'll speak about this tomorrow. But it's it's yes. definitely the best story we've got of twenty twenty. Uh, mate, wait. I mean, the ending as well. Like you, you've obviously not got that far yet. But the ending is is something we'll have talked about in the previous pod. But again. We haven't spoken about it together yet. It's um, it's quite. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting on my hands here, trying not to just go off on a tangent here because I've got so many questions to ask, so many things to talk about. But I, don't, I, I'm cognizant that we've got to talk about the previous podcast first. So, yeah. I think Sar, <laughs> um, I think Saga's a really strong character. I, re- I quite like her. I like how she has the connection to the the place that you're in. I like how she yes. has this this mind place that gives a quite satisfying like. Yeah, picture placing mini game element. It to did. It. I came. A f- f- I, it might be partly deliberate, but at the beginning, um, there's a bit where you go into the diner and you're speaking to these two campers that have sort of gone off and they have like broken into an area, and then you like you have to go into your mind place and it's like, is he telling the truth? And then you place this picture on the wall and she's like, he's lying. This is what she did. Blah blah blah. And I'm, I was like, mm-hmm. how is she making these leaps? But they give you a narrative reason for that later on in the game, which I think makes it feel better. But at the time, I didn't like it. Did you like it? I think I liked it less when I found out the reason, because they kind of just go, you're a seer. <laughs> you're, you it have gave a, a magic brain. Cause... <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of agree with you, but I, I, it at least sort of made a, or gave a reason for these wild leaps in logic. Yeah, like she's got this in, she like such good intuition that she can intuit where somebody's put something without actually asking them. Then yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. We'll get we'll get to this tomorrow. Yeah, previously. The Pre- um, we're actually Alan waking ourselves because we're yeah. jumping the timelines here. Yeah, uh, you. I mean, I think you're a big fan of the Alan Wake sort of New York noir setting with lots of Alex Casey stuff going on. 
Oh, I love that. I, I, I like. I think I began. I, I actually don't know which of my favorite is, but I ended up. I played through the Alamic stuff before the saga stuff because I really enjoyed the saga stuff at the beginning. Yeah. And the, the start of the Alamic stuff didn't grab me, so I, was like, I, I prefer saga. I'm just going to plow through Alamic, but it clicked with me at some point, and it was oh, awesome the way mm. they did that. Like walk it. I, we'll speak about this tomorrow. It's, it's just like walking about in the. When you're like lining up the what do you call them? The, like, oh, the, the echoes, moons yeah. Making a, the echoes, like that was like sort of operating within one of the comic book strips from a Max Payne game, and I just mm. I, I absolutely loved that. It was just, it was the same thing because it would be like Max Payne talking about his case in the same way as the sort of cutscene things worked in the Max in Max I see Payne. What you mean. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And then there's there's moment there's a moment where you meet Max Payne in an alleyway, and he's literally oh, got. Yeah. Yeah, the jacket on, the tie on. He's making the face, and I'm like, this could not be any more Max Payne. He is literally you're sort of walking around with Alan Wake as he's writing a Max Payne story, and I was like, this is just class. Yeah, which is funny because I'm not into like the MCU and extended universes in general, but this one is just so well done. Yeah, and of course we you know we know we know from the Alan Wake One podcast where Alex Casey, the Alex Casey novels are based on Max Payne. That's that's mm-hmm. you know not in not in the law, but remedy have said you know that's what think, it's supposed yeah. to be yeah well i mean I, I i would i think i've spoken to this about a friend over new year the only reason i would i suspect that he's not called max Payne is because they don't own the rights for Max yeah Payne it anymore. is it will be well may, maybe maybe it's just trying to try be like a, the tiniest bit subtle that they could possibly be is let's not call it max he didn't write the max Payne novels but he wrote basically what max Payne is just called it something else kind of thing possibly and i might be wrong with this but i, I guess where i'm coming from that is like <laughs> The only games that they've said that aren't in the Remedy extended universes are games that they don't own the rights for. So Max Payne and Quantum Break, which will be owned by Microsoft. Which is weird because when I was looking up stuff to do with like the voice actors and all that kind of stuff, Alan Wake is in Quantum Break. Yeah, that's why I think it's purely a legal thing. They can't mm. say it because they don't have the rights for them. It's like they might have invented, like the person that invented, I don't know, Mickey Mouse and then sold it to Disney. Can't then make an extended universe with Mickey Mouse in it because he doesn't well, own the rights. He can to if him. he does the Steamboat Willie one. He can now. Yeah, <laughs> um, that was a bad analogy, but you get my point. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. But I think it works as it is. I think yeah. the game perhaps would have been worse if they literally called him Max Payne. Yeah, or yeah. it'd be worse for it. It wouldn't be a worse game, but it'd be yeah, right totally less subtle. Yeah, and they uh, yeah. Speaking of Quantum Break, the, obviously the main character from that is the is the sheriff, isn't he? Tim Breaker, who's the cousin? Is of, he? Oh, I'm gonna have to play that game as well. He's he's the cousin of. Uh, is he Sarah? The the Sarah Breaker that you said Breaker Breaker or whatever it was in the uh, in Alan Wake One. He says that you may uh, not have spoken to him yet. He'll tell you later that he's her cousin. God damn! Yeah, he, he did. He does. He says it in one of the rooms that you go into. Yeah, did you when you hear him humming, humming the night the night springs music. There's so much interconnected stuff in this. Yeah. Like Sam Lake has absolutely like had a probably like a two year giant wank over the script and just be like, <laughs> oh, I'm just spaffing all my lore everywhere. I fucking love it. And the man is sweet. He's a clever dude, and yes. also a pretty pretty nippy dancer as well. I quite like that. And of course, when he's on the chat show with Alan Wake and he's got his Max Payne gear on, Alex yeah. Casey, and he's doing like the the gurning the Max face, Payne face yeah. from the from the original game. What a legend! What an absolute legend. I don't remember them being in the first Alan, the first Alan Wake game, but they, they've straight up 
brought the like the Max Payne style painkillers into it as well. Which yeah, they I was were. quite a fan of. Yeah, I was too because they're the only ones you could move with while healing. Yeah. But yeah, I enjoyed yeah. that as well. And of course, you know, it really, really sad to say that for yeah. James McCaffrey's last work, he fucking knocked it out of the park. He I'm did. so I'm so devastated, obviously for the man who's lost his life and his family, but from a, surf, a slightly selfish standpoint, you know, I'm going to miss the fact that he he can't be Max Payne anymore, and they they're remaking both the games without him. It's just not going to feel right. It's going to be odd. Yeah, that was really devastating. But without question, Alan Wake Two is is the story of the year. Yeah, which we'll get to tomorrow. Yesterday, previously, in the future, <laughs> which I guess rounds out our top three. So our sort of what do you call it, like nomin like what do you call them like runners our winner up. is Alan Wake Two and our runners up. Sorry, that was the word I just couldn't couldn't think of it there. What is my brain is not functioning. <laughs> anyway, our winner is Alan Wake Two and runners up. Meritus runners up, I would say, is Metal yes. Gear Solid and Alan Wake Remedy cracking to the top three. Very excited for whatever they do next. Yeah, cannot wait. Which brings us to best gameplay. Yeah. Uh, well, we've both got Titanfall 2 near the bottom. Um, just not enough of it, I think, is the reason I put it slightly I, lower. I had a real it's... struggle. Yeah, go, I had a real struggle going through these nominations because like, I adored Titanfall 2 when we played through it earlier this year. and. I think I probably said it in the podcast, it's the best shooter I've played in many a year. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's so good. Yeah, I just didn't quite make the cut, really, in any of these nominations, and I just couldn't mm. really find space for it in many places, and this felt like the place for it to go, but then there's such strong contenders in this list that it sort of sits down the bottom. Uh, yeah, that is ultimately my feelings as well, that it's, uh, in terms of shooters from the last couple of decades, that have done something that's just like quintessentially th- that game, like Titanfall 2 just feels yeah. like just enough of itself that no other game feels like it with the mechs and the time shifting stuff and the wall running and all that kind of stuff. The same way that Doom 2016 just doesn't like nothing else really feels like it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I say, it's not long enough. I could probably play twice as much of that game than there mm-hmm. is. And there are just a couple of games that are better, but it has so many great ideas that it sort of. We discussed this on the pod as well, didn't we? Like how each level seems to have a different theme that it runs with, and it just like mm-hmm. it just really nails it every time. I'm feeling like I've put this too low now. I'd regularly think about that level where you're running through the level and it's sort of building prefab. I was just thinking about like that. houses and buildings as you're running up, and it sort of like adds a layer of verticality out of nowhere and you're sort of then it sort of changes from you're like using the walls and things to run up and hide from enemies to actually using them to platform up up as you get attacked and then you get to top and there's just this like intimate it's intimidating before it happens but actually when it happens it's quite easy but there's this like <laughs> massive boss fight yeah um that happens and yeah oh it's just it does it does so much for the first person genre and i had such a great time with it i dearly wanted to try and get this into the top three i'm just struggling to see certainly how it knocks out our top two in the list Mm. um dead space 3 remake dead space 3 remake no 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 the dead space remake Mm. is better than dead space it is a great 
one of those games. We already have one of those games on the list, and it's not as good as that one. Yeah. I could see Titanfall cracking the top three. I'm, I'm inclined if we to agree. To try and push it. Yeah, I'm inclined to, to think it deserves to be in there. It is 100% gameplay, isn't it, really, that game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't, you don't particularly play that for the story. Yeah, Dead Space Remake, I guess. Well, what, yeah. I guess we can talk about more about that in a minute. You've also got the Resident Evil 2 remake. I loved that this year. It was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, I think the reason it's fairly low on my list, because I think in almost all respects it's fantastic, I think um, Mr. X becomes a bit of just a bit of furniture that's to be navigated at some point. When yeah. you sort of realise how to get around him, you can just sort of kite him. But that or there's early stages of games, or if he catches you in a room that there's a liquor in, that's terrifying in a way yeah. that not many games are. And I, yeah, I really, I really, I think this is my second attempt, second playthrough of that, that game. Um, and it really clicked with me in yeah. a way that last time around I sort of just got through it. But I don't think it's as good as Dead Space Remake. But that's purely because I am just a fan of that game. Well, I didn't even have discussed. Resident Evil 2 remaking my top five for gameplay. So yeah, I agree. Because I did have Dead Space Remake as well. Mm-hmm. That but that was on that was working off a very strong foundation of a game that already had great gameplay from an era where Resident Evil didn't. Yeah. Let's just quick I'll just quickly go through Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, which is yeah. again hundred percent a gameplay game. Yes. Just really impressed with whatever it was that they did after that initial demo came out and people said it didn't feel quite right and it looked ugly as sin and they took their time and they went back and redid basically all of it and as far as like that type of game, that kind of Symphony of the Night, Metroidvania style game, this is the second best one, bar none. Like after Castlevania, Symphony of the Night itself, Bloodstained is the next best one of those types of games easily. And the gameplay in it is all it has going for it, but it's just, it's just so rock solid. It's so like his style reimagined for a more modern audience and had so much variety in like the weapons that you could do, the powers that you could do. I think it's only really dragged down a little bit by some of the backtracking recipe bullshit stuff, which, you know, is the recipe stuff design the rather than gameplay itself. Cause the gameplay was just mm-hmm. like fucking tight as hell. The thing I loved about it. And the thing that jumps out to me when I think back about that game is just how much the powers let you mess with stuff. The sort of yeah. builds that you, me and I were like straight up texting each other about different builds. <laughs> yeah. That you make. Yeah depending on what you were doing and the amount of damage that you can deal by the end of that game if you sort of create your character in the right way and your your the entire way you move around the screen is wholly different by the end of the game as it is yeah, at the beginning of the game flip the whole world upside down on a dime just by yeah. a couple of buttons and there's i think a lot of things that these sort of games perhaps struggle with or a lot of the games within the genre can struggle with is if you're going to dish out powers and leveling up over the course of the game you end up making the end of your game more fun than the beginning of the game because you're you're sort of unleashing the power that you want the player to have by the end of the game Mm -hmm. so you're in a way holding them back i never felt like i was being held back in this game i thought it gave me a way to move about the environment and then just gave me a new way to move about the environment before I got bored of the old way. Yeah. And it yeah, just switched things around. This is not a gameplay criticism. I still do sometimes think about how disjointed that game feels 
from an art perspective like i don't think it might be deliberate and it might just be a taste thing but i think that a lot of the time like the enemies on the map <laughs> yeah do not fit with the environment whatsoever and then enemy the enemies don't often fit with each other either which is bizarre to me but yeah it doesn't make the game any worse from my perspective no the bestiary on those games is enormous and it has been for a long time mm-hmm. where they just try and think of any type of monster that's ever existed in sort of human thought and then just chuck yeah. it in there whether it fits or not so yeah you're absolutely right on that one what's the, the i was thinking about the bosses as well when i was putting this list together and there was the one there's is like a two-headed dragon that moves around that spiral yeah that's that's a very memorable that, one isn't it that bugged for me and i ended up behind him yep and just got to hack him to death. And then I, I can't remember if I enjoyed, the, is it like something, I want to call her like the Blood Queen or something oh, like yeah. that. What she call, I can't remember if I enjoyed her or not. She was she tough. Was a and I remember being satisfying. Mm. But I don't know if she annoyed me or not. I can't remember. She definitely annoyed me. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, that game's great. We're not here to talk. This is a lot of our favourite games of the year, and it's certainly that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've already sort of skirted around these types of games. So I guess the Resident Evil 4 remake, I think. You would have to be um, on some kind of wacky stuff and have a bit of a mucked up brain to not think this is the most mechanically sound Resident Evil game that there's ever been. This is is the pinnacle of how a Resident Evil game should feel and play. And it is just fantastic. Like, it's perfect. It is perfect. For a third-person action horror game, Resident Evil 4's remake is perfect. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. In a way that Resident Evil 2's remake is, is... quite near to mm-hmm. but this this one it just it just had what what like five or six more years of cooking and, mm-hmm. and knowledge and experience from the team to just make it like that bit more special it's just so so good it does yeah whether it needs to even exist i don't know but to refresh to refresh a game in resident evil 4 that many people didn't think need to be remade me especially um, and to make it feel like it f- sort of fits in the more modern Resident Evil third-person mm-hmm. style so effortlessly, but also feels like the original as well, is like expert craftsmanship. So, yeah, what a, what an achievement that is. Yeah, I'd agree. I think it's, the like I think you've said this already, but the perfect one of those games. And I, I struggle to see how you can do better than that. <laughs> yeah. Um, everything about it's fun, like moving about the environment's fun. I yeah. like it when the bosses sort of inject a bit of, um, a bit of change of pace into the games, and they certainly do that. Each boss is completely different from the last one, um, and you have to largely employ different tactics. I think the steady and consistent upgrade path that you that you're on, um, and that the shopkeeper, I guess he's yep. in the first one, um, yeah, the first, the fourth, the first fourth one. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but really enjoyed that. I just loved everything about this game. Mm-hmm. Awesome. What else have we got? We just got Mario Bros. Wonder, right? That's the only other, which is the best two D Mario game in a long, long time since the SNES, basically. Yeah, I was trying to think of it, but I didn't want to say that because I couldn't quite off the top of my head remember which ones had all come out. But yeah, they take a game that I was just not interested in, and they'll yeah. up to release, and I have rinsed that game for everything it has. There's nothing left to do in that game for us, and. Yeah, there, I, to me, there's only one drawback, and it's the invisible section, which we'll get to later in this podcast. Yes. So that was not a fun hat, but everything else about it is, <laughs> no. is awesome. Everything else about it is awesome. I remember we, we periodically the new Super Mario Brothers games come up on these podcasts, and they feel, I remember wanting to play them, and I remember quite enjoying them, 
when they came out initially they and I rebought them for the Switch. Yeah, and it, they feel slow in a way that this game they is really slow. up the pace. Yeah, 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 they feel. I even think like stuff, like the edits they've made to the the multiplayer stuff has been great. Really like, so, cleverly done. Yeah, yeah. Like I think dads up and down the land have been cursing that game playing with their kids and they've been jumping over a hole and their kids bounced into them and knocked them down to their death and <laughs> yeah. you just can't do any stuff and I even think the the multiplayer stuff, the sort of way that you can have people running about your map and you can use them to figure out puzzles that you can't quite figure out because you can see them in areas and you're like well if you can get up there how do you get there and what do I need to do to get that and you can even use them as checkpointing systems so if you die you can speed off and grab them and bring yourself back to life. Yeah, it's a cool way to have done that. It really An is. innovative way that I can't think of having been done in other places. It's the cliche thing about this Mario team, but every single level has a sort of gimmick that's different from the last one. I heard it sort of being described as like a, almost like a game jam just mm-hmm. throughout an entire like AAA budgeted yeah. game. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. That's a great one. Well, they had, well, we spoke about it on the pod, didn't we, where they had that sort of, ideas meeting brainstorming meeting and they got like a thousand suggestions for things to do in a level on all these post-it notes and they you know they had to curate them from there but but i think when we all saw the trailers and stuff we saw like a a new a new power up with the elephant thing and then we saw as we got closer to the release they started to talk more about the wonder seeds and how they were going to affect levels and i genuinely did not expect them to be in every single level but as we said on the podcast that we did about this game Mm. that was their key idea from as soon as they figured this out they were like right do it every fucking time and make it basically different every single time and some of them are obviously a bit nothing some of them are a little bit bland but some of them are just so wild like where it flips over to be like an isometric top down walking yeah um you know some of them have a set piece visually focused rather than actually changing the gameplay like when you're on that pirate ship or whatever Mm -hmm. but in terms of creativity and just like reinvigorating this genre the way that only Nintendo can and haven't bizarrely hadn't done for 20 years they seemingly now have gone on a path if they carry on going is going to just be we're going to get so many great Mario games now that's the that's the trouble it's a bit like um Smash Brothers and uh, Mario Kart like where do they go from here yeah <laughs> It's what very, did they do? That's a good point. I just want them to give me more levels, more worlds. But that won't make them as much money. No. Well, this is tough. Well, I'm going to cut Bloodstained because obviously that was not on David's list. So that's an easy cut. It's had its, as David would say, it's had its time in the sun, which is great. I'm happy to cut Resident Evil 2 Remake yeah. because as much as I love it and as much as it's great, I'd have two other games of that type that are both better than that one. Mm in my opinion. So it really seems to come down to our number one and our number two seem to be set between Mario and Resi 4 and then it's basically do we put Dead Space Remake in there or are we now usurping it with Titanfall 2 because we've suddenly realised that game's actually incredible? I think we... I I would be... My vote would be stick Titanfall 2 in there. With pleasure. Even though we both put... Dead Space Remake above it, we've now yeah. realised that time. I mean, like I said, Dead Space Remake was based off a very, very solid foundation of a game from 2008 that was excellent, but Titanfall 2 mm-hmm. was a new thing that, like this, the original of that versus the sequel is night and day difference in how they yeah. feel to play. 
as much yeah it's going to sound like a negative but for for me one of the biggest surprises what about dead space remake will always be that it's an ea remake and it's not terrible yeah they did not ruin it it's not a shameless cash in and they're the people that actually made dead space had a game come out this year and it's not as good as this one Mm -hmm. and it's yeah just that game's a massive surprise because of that yeah which we'll get to (laughs) later on yeah we'll get to that so are we sticking with mario at number two and resi at number one i think so yeah i think so too we are we are becoming (laughs) a very pro resident evil podcast where we always have been but we're getting more and more in that section of we are fucking so like big fanboys of this that we are if yeah. you've made the perfect version of that type of game then hello in you go at number one, it's, boys. it's it's close for me if you had if you had been a ride or die mario wonder lad mm-hmm. i wouldn't have put up much of a fight i think i just for me the fun i had with resident evil 4 is more my style of, I was going to say it's more my style of game. That's just nonsense. It's absolutely not. They're both my style of game. <laughs> I just, I, I'm just leaning towards Resident Evil 4 for whatever reason. Um, so I'm happy to go with that. Yeah. I played Resident Evil 4 twice, one back to back. And then I played the Mercenaries mode, which is fucking awesome. And then I played the DLC, which is fucking awesome. <laughs> I've played Mario Wonder once because the last level in Mario Wonder is heinous and hate-filled. So yeah, almost broke both of us. Yeah, speaking of <laughs> most bullshit award. Yeah, what have we got here? This is going to be a fun one. My my number five is more of a you nominee because uh, it's uh, I was running out of ideas at this point. <laughs> it would it would have been on mine, but I read th- you had done your nominees before, and I had a, I looked at them, and I was like, well, let's try and find some slight differences so at least we've got something different to talk about yeah but yeah the fear helicopter placement is absolutely ridiculous isn't it yeah they, they fly you in there you're like a shock bun like a bunch of shock troops that are there to hit hard and fast before people even know you're there and you stop outside the gate and then make people go off in a different direction to open <laughs> up the gate get yeah. fucked yeah just drop us on the other side of the gate and we'll avoid some total <laughs> bullshit <laughs> i <laughs> I struggled to put my number five into words, but it's basically the way that Otacon gets treated by Sniper Wolves during that death scene after a Sniper Wolves dying, and she like reaches out, and Otacon thinks she's reaching out for him, and she's just like, pass me my gun. <laughs> <laughs> and she just shatters the poor lad's emotions. He's just a bit of a creep. I don't, I don't know what he sees in her. And <laughs> she obviously doesn't, doesn't know either. No, no, she doesn't. And Otacon hogs those invisibility suits. I mean, think how much easier Snake's job would have been if he had got one of those invisibility suits. Instead of leaving them to get (laughs) stolen during that lift sequence when they're all in there. They were all Uh, there. Otacon could have just went, here, take one of these. This will help. And then when he turns up with food, it's just like a squeeze out packet of tomato sauce and what, a tin of tuna? Does he take along with him as well? Or does he even get that? It's a ration, isn't it? So Yeah. Maybe, yeah. What a son of a bitch that man is. Running after Snake to be like, do you think love can uh, exist on a battlefield? <laughs> <laughs> is that what you came up here for? You fucking How lemon. You me? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had to sneak invisible just to make sure he definitely doesn't get killed before he asks that question. <laughs> it would be for nothing. Does he improve as the Metal Gear Solid games go oh, on? I sincerely doubt it. 
He might, he might I hope, do. I hope not. I hope he stays the same idiot that he is. Yeah, I hope he keeps pissing himself. Keep pissing away, yeah. my man. Uh, we touched on it before. I have a problem with the way Ragnarok, as I said earlier, will not stop talking at you. The way, the way that fucking a little wee head man who just loves to tell a story about the lore and the history of um, Norse mythology. And then if you get off the boat or whatever, he was just like, oh, I'll tell you the rest of the story later. Like, There's a bit of me by the end of that game I was thinking, are you just trying to hide the boring parts of this game? From yeah, them? they are. By distracting me. But they're me. making like, it worse. dangly bit. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that Atreus, if you're playing as Kratos, Atreus will just keep telling you how to do puzzles and stuff while you're in the middle yeah. of trying to figure it out. He's like, oh, I think we need to go over there and pray. Fuck, shut up! <laughs> go to your room! I'm thinking about this. I'm the main character. Piss off, boy. It was, it was a big selling point in the first game as well that the game had no sort of cuts to loading screens yeah. and it was just constant i felt by the end of ragnarok i was i was like give me a loading screen and just cut the shit out yeah sick of it yeah yeah um yeah that sort of grated on me after a while it's a lot of bullshit in that game but it's a playstation <laughs> yeah. problem i think it is but yeah just just shut up for a second this is the same company that like champions fucking shadow of the colossus where you have long moments of just riding quietly on a horse to, before you go kill a massive cunt allowing silence to happen yeah just let us reflect now they've leaned into full map vomit yeah full map vomit talking at every single corner oh there's maybe a box over there i know yeah i can see them all on the map but while we you know we go look for that fucking box over there here's a story about how Thor and Odin had a nice wee chat. Fucking shut up! <laughs> God, I don't care. <laughs> it really wants you to care, though, but I just don't. <laughs> but it's so funny how, like, he knows and he keeps going, oh, I'll, 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 yeah, we'll, we'll get back to this later. It's like, no, you don't have to. This story could stop now and I will be absolutely fine. I will lose nothing if you don't return to this story as soon as we get back in the boat. <laughs> <sighs> I'm not cutting that at all. <laughs> a little bit less funny is um, Bolt Gun. No, you're absolutely. So by right, the end yeah. of that, by the, the end of that game, I was just like, I enjoyed this loop. Now you've over. It, no, it's it's a lack of creativity. It's that its response to increasing difficulty was to just throw more and more and more and more at you. And at a point that at some point that just hits a tipping point, it's just like you're actually not giving me anything new to do here you're just giving me more of the same thing to do game is a slog than... by the end for sure yes that last there's that last bit is takes so long there's a there's a level where there's it's like i don't know it's like an old quake level you're inside and you're trying to look for like the different oh. things you got to collect yeah oh my god that whole area anyway uh, you're like hanging on by the fucking skinnier ass by the end because everything's yeah. just kicking you in the dick Oh, man. It's just like, basically, this game, Warhammer 40k Bolt Gun is an allegory for heavy metal music. It's like, but it's just like across a man's life, but it's just really condensed and sped up into a shorter period of time. So it's like, <laughs> you look at the trailers for Bolt Gun, you look at the reviews, you hear people talk about it, you look at like footage of it, you go, fucking yes! Metal! <laughs> you're just like ripping the fuck out of dudes, you're blowing them up, you're shooting these crazy fucking guns, everything's rock and roll, I fucking love this. And then by the end, you're like, I just want to have a sit down and a <laughs> cup of tea 
and listen to like Dallas Green with an acoustic guitar. I'm tired now. And it's just like, that's my feeling towards aggressive, heavy music now. Like, I like it occasionally, but I'm just getting tired of it. And that was what Bolt Gun was. It's metal as fuck, but it's metal as fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> Stop. Just slow. Oh, um, God. Yeah. That, we're not cutting that either. <laughs> Did, yeah, okay. Um, we're probably going to, yeah, this is going to be hard to get tell to. You what, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what I'm definitely going to cut is <laughs> Lost Odyssey getting a 78 on Metacritic and losing <laughs> with the draft. Because I looked back at the scores and I was winning in every round until I picked that game and then I fucking lost it. Why did I not? Why did I think that game was like. Surely everyone would talk about that. Like an Xbox 360 JRPG. If it had like 95, people would still be talking about it. Yeah. Of course it doesn't have a good score, Alex. You knobhead. Yeah. <laughs> like that, list, doing that edit was painful, man. That hurt me to listen back to my confidence and be like, oh, yes, Lost Odyssey. Not enough people know, but this is going to be fantastic. And it was 78, and it, I lost the draft again. I'm on a real slump. All three of us have abs have absolutely done ourselves though, because there was one where yeah. I think I was com- I was coming in. If I wasn't winning, I was in with a shout, and then I picked like a Mario Party game. <laughs> yeah, that, that was absolutely so funny. did me. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm sure that is it a KDB's got a wrestling game in there that he was he came in yeah. at the end that just absolutely he's picked some weird PC stuff as well, and I picked Black and White too, which which I would have put in there, but then that wasn't as definitive as a... Like, this one definitely lost me the draft. Oh, I got bitten a couple of times in the early days with the PC games, and yeah. I was like, I don't... I'm obviously not... don't know these well enough to be able to do this. Yeah. He keeps picking fucking Warcraft stuff as well. Like, it's an ongoing thing. Like, <laughs> doesn't... shouldn't count. He, he's actually... He's going to win biggest... He's on, he's on this award list later on for biggest troll, because he's just <laughs> trying to do you for... Yeah. Games that you try to think, what game can I think up this week that doesn't have a review score that we can yeah, that properly? still exists as a game that's ongoing, <laughs> so therefore it doesn't really count as a 2003 game because it's still, yeah, whatever. Obviously, we still love him. I, for, I, for, I forgot about Mr. Vile. He was a son of a bitch. I'm surprised by that because he wound the both of us up so much. He did. He, yeah, he's a complete wag. The worst thing was, of course, is when I thought I was being clever because he'd kicked my ass couple of times and i had like no health or something and i thought i don't want to lose this again so i'd done two of the three rounds and decided to walk out the door and get some health and come back and it of course reset and i had to go back to round one again i was fuming <laughs> don't know why i thought that was not going to happen but um it's just like in a game banjo kazooie where the challenge is very minimal it's just fun that mm-hmm. is a real challenge that is just too oh, high hard. a level of challenge for the rest of the game. It, nothing else apart from maybe the final Gruntilda fight comes anywhere near how hard Mr. Vile is. It is ridiculous. You've got to be so perfect and lucky for it to for you to get all the way through the end of that and have him not kill you. I also think um, whenever I see cows in a field, like if cows knew they could have you, we would be in trouble. But it's just like they're too dumb to know... <laughs> they can have us. Yeah. Um I feel like that is Mr. Vile. He's too like if he if he knew how how hard he was, he could just go and take on Gruntilda and become boss of the yeah. Banjo kazooie evil universe. Yeah. He just doesn't know it for some reason. Or he's just happy with his place in the swamp. Sitting inside a turtle shell, ready to bite you. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, because if, if, if you keep failing that and he keeps biting and taking your health away, you lose all your fucking musical notes that you've got on the level and you've got to find all of them again. Like, oh, what a son of a bitch he is. Yeah, and you've got to wait till way later as well because you can't do it till you've got the running shoes and they're like three levels later. And just, yeah. Right, well, we cut. Let's, like, I'm, I'm aware that we need to cut. Do we, we need to cut. I think Bolt Gun's lack of creativity. <laughs> It's just it's it's more boring than bullshit. I think fair. at some point. Yeah, fair. So let's we've we've spoken about it. It feels like bullshit at the time. It's maybe not fit in this. Should we cut Sniper Wolf being heartless? Yeah, because I actually like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to cut Ragnarok never shutting up. It doesn't necessarily no, that's have fine. to win, but I just yeah, that just annoys me too much. Oh fucking hell! Your number three, I think, may have to stay in here. Go on. The Metal Gear Solid PC Psycho Madness controls in which while on the PlayStation version what you're meant to pull out the controller and put it into the controller port 2. Is that right? Yeah. And on the GameCube um, 4. Yes. Yeah, so, so Psycho Madness can't figure out what you're doing. On the PC version, you've got to go from using a controller to using a mouse and keyboard and it is awful. I will say. Was it <laughs> mouse and like, keyboard or was it just... It was... Was it just keyboard? It might have been just keyboard. Yeah, well, there's no reason for the mouse, I guess. So, yeah, it would have just been keyboard. Yeah, because then you, if you had the mouse, maybe you could have aimed with it. But I don't, I don't think you could. I think you had to no, just use fucking arrow keys. Yeah, I was having to use the... Uh, yeah, it was, it's just a terrible input device. And it's like, mouse and keyboard is all, already something I'm, I'm not fully comfortable... I keep saying mouse and keyboard. Using a keyboard is something I'm already not fully comfortable with because my brain just... Because I'm not used to it, isn't thinking quick enough to know what button to press when. And any time you get put under pressure, I'm just like, ah! And then I just can't yeah. push any button, yeah. and then I die. Um, and that's this game, because it goes from zero, and it's like a, a fairly a boss that's fairly far into the game. And it's just like, nah, you're going to go full keyboard controls here, mate, and you're going to figure it out. We're going to have an analog movement, but ask you to use arrows. Four make arrow, you yeah. Move in, yeah, make you move in linear directions, making it feel, to me, almost impossible to shoot diagonally. So you're going to try and have to work your way into straight lines shooting, shooting him. Yeah. I hate that. I hate that. That has to be up there because that is just bullshit that they did not figure that out. That was so bad. Because so bad. <laughs> on top of that, I think we said at the time, like if, you, if, for, if for some reason, well, first of all, it's important to note that, that if you cannot switch the input, you will never do that fight. It is impossible because he will. You can never hit him if you don't switch over. So this has to be done. It's not like just persevere for like half an hour and you're no, no, no. It's impossible. Second of all, if you didn't have a keyboard put in, for, let's say for example, I don't know why you decided I'm going to unplug my wireless keyboard now and I'm going to plug in, or I don't have one for some reason, and I'm just going to click on things and make them work. Then there is nothing. There is no alternative no. control method. You can't put your controller on a different USB port. You have to switch to keyboard. That's it. That's the only way to do it. And it's fucking stupid. Did you not say, did you not do this in the end? By switching to keyboard as you walked in the room and then it made you switch back to controller? Or did you not do Yeah, that? I tried to. Yeah, I tried, tried starting his mouse and keyboard, starting his keyboard and then switching back to controller thinking that that would be a better way to do it. It just wouldn't let me do it. Oh. Didn't let me use my keyboard until that part of the fight. So keyboard's not even a viable control option for the normal game. I don't game. think so. I may be misremembering that. There's de- I, I definitely tried to start with keyboard and it wouldn't let me. And I've forgotten the reason why. 
that has to go in the top three. It's so shit. Yeah. It is so I'm shit. I'm just struggling to think how, how they get around that. I don't know. They maybe just give you a text box and say, this is what we're going for. Obviously, it doesn't work. <laughs> we're really sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, know. I don't know. Unless it can detect, maybe it's just not sophisticated enough to detect a different USB port, but are they that different to a fucking controller port on a console? I don't know. I no idea. It might be well. No it might be well different. I don't know. Yeah. But to me, I could not believe you had to do that on a oh, game bad. you bought this year. Like he bought the 2023 of the available 2023 version on Steam of Metal Gear Solid. on Steam of Metal Gear Solid. Gog on Gog Good games. Okay, maybe yeah. So, and you look online and people just like I, d- I don't know. There's no way to do this other than you just got to play with the keyboard and be good. <laughs> Fucking Christ. Explain your number one. My backtracking Resident Evil 4. I, I've kind of forgotten it now. But I remember being incredibly annoyed before the... What's the little guy that you have a boss fight and he turns into a massive spider and you're in that room? Oh, yes! Salazar. Yeah. The game... Anyway, the game doesn't tell you that you're going... Up, come going up to that area, you're hitting a point. And when you go up in the cable car up into that part of the castle, you're essentially hitting a point of no return, and you cannot backtrack to pick up stuff that you've missed behind. And I'm a big fan of because I will speak about this tomorrow in Alan Wake. But at a certain point, I, I I enjoy collectibles, but at a certain point, I start finding them distracting and uh, stressful. I think is the right word mm. because I'm like I can't miss one, I can't miss one, I can't miss one, and it. It actually stops me enjoying the game. So the way yeah. I get around it is I just say, right, I'm just going to play the game. And then when I hit an obvious point where I am just now, like in Alan Wake 2, I think, right, I'll stop. And then I can concentrate on, I can go and look at a guy and I can concentrate on the collectibles and feel okay about it. And it's something to, I can depend on the game and listen to a podcast while I'm doing it and sort of find my own fun in a different way within the same game. Yeah. The Witcher 3 was exactly the same. So that's what I tried to do in Resident Evil 4 remake. And just didn't tell me and I, I think actually at some point says go back and mop up maybe it doesn't yeah he does say something like that you, but he kind of literally cannot he just sort of like it's it's the merchant just kind of says it like yeah, off the cuff you, as like, you're walking away before you, he's like before you go into this boss fight if you've got anything you want to do yeah go do it and you can't that's bullshit yeah that is bullshit what are we left with the Mario the Wonder final one. final test in Mario Wonder I maintain level. I liked the last level except the invisible part. I sort of eventually found like a sort of sick catharsis in doing it. <laughs> Apart from the invisible hat, which was just shit. It was just, it wasn't fun. No. And it was at the end of a section as well. So you couldn't even just sort of learn it and get, get it over with. Yeah, you had, yeah. You had to which, repeat large, like a, at least. Mm, uh, at most two like two minutes of mm-hmm. real like steady concentration to the point where most of the time you and i had got that bit down to absolute muscle memory like the first three bits yeah. before that we just like you just get this fucking over with uh, honestly i nearly threw my switch out the window um i fucking hated that last bit and, and then when you did it before me and I, and I thought okay david has no ins- like he's done it now He's living this stress-free life in this paradise of having completed the game. <laughs> Sitting there waiting for me as the podcast deadline looms near and I haven't done it and we're going to go to record the podcast and I have to admit 
to the millions of listeners that I haven't done it. <laughs> and then when that fucking person at work was like, oh, I did it in one go, even though she was talking about the wrong level, she was talking about the Bowser level, but she thought she was talking about that. And I was just like, you did it in one go. You are a fucking wi- What? You're a wizard. But no, just if you hadn't have told me about like smashing that button so you get the little like weird emote that's the thing that makes it more bullshit because there's no i i i think we'd still be going if you could <laughs> like there's no way N- nintendo anticipated that as being a workaround essentially you smash the top button that does a little question mark and yeah. it means you can sort of figure out where you are but that's still the top button on the face buttons and your jump is the bottom button so it's still quite a stretch of your thumb to oh it's a whole new challenge yeah, yeah it's like figuring out a new claw method to hold the controller to press that really fast and constantly while you're trying to land jumps on fucking fast moving balloons oh my god just what the fuck were they thinking who approved that <laughs> you know what they say oh miyamoto fucking lingers over your shoulder all the time and he's like do it this way i know everything i created it where were you on that one genius <laughs> fucking christ he's out there playing his banjo or whatever the fuck he does now Having another got Wii Music after he cries himself to sleep every night about that shitty E3 that they did. <laughs> I'm going to play a clip of that right now. Fucking listen to this. There it is. <laughs> um, I hate it. I fucking hate it. It's horrible. It's this, what a fun game that ends with the least fun I had all year in any video game. I, I, and I genuinely mean that. I tell you what, I will never struggle with wall jumping ever again, though. <laughs> yeah, now I know how to do it properly. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, well, I, I reckon that's got to stay in however, guys. I mean, if you want to just leave it as the final, final test, that's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I mean, you're right. Some of those, some parts of that level are sick, but the last yeah. bit. Imagine if it had no checkpoints. I mean, it has like three or four. I would. I would, I would love it. to know. And that's the thing. I, we'll never know, but that's the thing. I think would make us feel so good about ourselves. I'd love to know the actual completion rate of that. Yeah. Like how many people that bought the game have actually made it through that, or even made it to that? Because some of the previous levels yeah. to that are really hard as Ge- well. Genuinely think it's sub. Like two percent. Yeah, I can't see little kids doing that. They'll probably just run off to Fortnite instead and be like, "Oh yeah, I get to pretend I'm Neymar or whatever it is." Yeah, or I'm, I'm Lego Cristiano Ronaldo while John Cena has a fucking coffee with John Wick on top of a mountain made out of Thanos's knob. Peter Griffin is in it as well. <laughs> He's not, is he? Yeah, yeah. What's the word? What's the stupid? I wonder what the stupidest thing in Fortnite actually is. Like the the the. It's got to be like Harry d- Kane or something. Like. Yeah, I think because I think they're shit. Who wants like a Neymar? Like fuck that. As I said to my Some man that went off to live in the Middle East and play football in easy mode, like fuck. take his fucking private jet all the way over there and claim he's some kind of environmental advocate. Get fucked. <laughs> Politics aside, though, I I said to my nephew, like you do realize Fortnite is officially like ADHD. The game it's so stupid. Like it's so stupid. I downloaded it recently. Um, I wanted to play the racing game that they put in it because it's the people that make Rocket League have made a new racing game 
but it's in for it's in the Fortnite launcher. I, I just hate that. I hate that. Is it good though? <laughs> it's all right. Okay. I actually got bo- I got bored of it because I think I I think I did about say say I did ten races and then yeah. I won seven on the bounce and I was like, I think I'm just playing against children, so I I quit and uninstalled it. So right, listen to this. Right, so <laughs> my nephew showed me something in Fortnite. Right, he, first of all, he's playing as fucking Raphael from the Turtles. Good. Yep. 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 Into that. Good start. Great skin. Uh, and he and he's playing in the game. I don't even know. The if best it, turtle. I don't even know if it's in the middle of a Fortnite map. I don't think it is. And he walks over to a stage, and he and his, Raphael just like joins the band, and they're just playing a Weezer song. They're playing Buddy Holly by yeah, Weezer. Yeah, that's one of the other ones you've added. Is they've basically added Guitar Hero to it. Now. But there's no. You don't do anything. You don't press any buttons. <laughs> You, you just stand okay. there and watch it. Oh, maybe it. that's not what I was thinking about then. Okay, there no, is a mode. But he'd say it's like that, yeah. But I was like, so, so <laughs> somebody going to come along and shoot you? Is this in, like, are you in the Fortnite map just, like, making loads of noise? He's like, no, it's a different part of the game. Like, okay, so what are you doing? He's like, oh, I just get to pick what song it is, and then if no matter what I pick, all the songs, like, meld together and it still works. So I was like, yeah, okay, but what are you doing? He's like, oh, I've picked Buddy Holly the song. Yeah, but what are you doing? <laughs> You're just watching a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle play a fucking Weezer song. Wait, this is not a game. I did want to try. I couldn't be bothered at some point, but I did want to try out the Battle Royale Lego mode because I, I saw... The What's only, that then? Because the, I don't understand Fortnite. This. It's Fortnite, but with Lego. So, so it's still, the, still the, actual Fortnite, but everyone's made of Lego. Yeah, and so like the thing I saw was like someone shot a rocket at a building and it explodes like Lego bricks. Don't say things like that because that it's sounds got, cool. Like, Don't destruct- say stuff like that. It's got destructible environments and stuff, and I was like, oh, that actually looks quite good. <laughs> and then so that's partly why I downloaded it, and then I played the racing game. And then I think I just wandered off and did something else. Yeah. <laughs> but my um, I I I t- periodically want to play that game. But uh, my Epic accounts are just being held hostage, and I can't figure out how to unhostage them. <laughs> it's a blessing in so disguise, like, mate. So I've got yeah. So I'm just like, well, I can't play these. I can't you know, like even claim the free Epic games on PC and stuff like that because oh. my, they're all locked for some reason, and I can't re- I can't get the code. I can't get the password resets right. So what happens? So like my is this a new end? Is this a late? entry for most bullshit yeah yeah <laughs> i'm trying to remember because i haven't done it in a while but like every six months i'll try and figure it out and i just cannot fucking figure it out it's not but like you've got ex- a 2fa on an old phone or something is it no um, but so like my xbox gamer tag is connected to a hotmail account my playstation epic account is connected to my gmail account um so i'm trying to like join these two together so that they can just be one, which apparently you can do. Okay. Um, I can't unlock my Xbox One because it tells me that my account's been blocked and I need to message Epic to get it unblocked. Mm-hmm. So I message Epic to get it unblocked and they just don't message me back. <laughs> I eventually managed to send myself like enough like reset password attempts that it just works and then something happens. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work it out. I'll go and figure it out this week and then time for the next pod... The next podcast yeah. after this one, I'll be able to come back and tell you actually what the problem is. Yeah. But yeah, I end up getting caught in this loop where like I can't gain access to something it needs me to gain access to to unlock it, and I just yeah, this endless loop of what what you're saying is is that you're trapped in the dark place. 
and I am. In in its epic games dark place. Scratch keeps coming and shooting you in the head every time you think you're gonna get the reset link from Epic. Yeah, but except it's instead of being Alan Wake, he's I don't know, Raphael Turtleskin. <laughs> and turns into John Cena. Oh god. Oh, I've said that story before, haven't I, where like he was telling me about all this like really convoluted plot that they had going and there were some masked people going around killing everyone and then the guy took his mask off and it was the rock. He <laughs> <laughs> was like the central villain of this long story and it was the rock. <laughs> Do you know the worst thing about this is that you're actually selling this to me. It's so bad. That I'm like, oh, this sounds like a, that, it's just, the worst, best wrestling storyline I've ever heard. It is, it's like utterly utterly terrible and stupid but they just it's just they hit every time with these silly kids they can't do anything wrong they could put ian huntley in the game and everyone will be on the ian huntley skin they just don't miss and i don't understand it i don't understand it but then again you know i know for a fact that there's chinese people are not looking for a woman in a garden so i don't understand i understand things they don't understand either there we go yeah so and we come full circle there's a definite there's a definite invisible bollocks from mario there's a definite metal gear solid pc controls because that's a disgrace yeah so what are you feeling about the other ones because you're i guess we're choosing then Um, probably between your ragnarok and mr vile i'm taking i'm taking mr vile out because he's still in banjo kazooie and i won't have i won't have that game hurt (laughs) i've got to protect my boy (laughs) you do (laughs) (laughs) um so we've got yeah, so we've got Metal Gear, we've got Mario, and then it's either the black the backtracking in Resi Four or or Ragnarok, which again, Ragnarok is a design flaw of the game. Is it is it bullshit? Probably not. It's just bad. Or at least it's just annoying. It's it's annoying. But I think it's poor. I think now we're speaking about it, I do actually kind of come to the conclusion that it's sort of dangling a carrot over here, so you don't look at the shit that's going on mm. in the other direction taking up our time that was a cool game overall i don't want to oh it's a great trigger i don't want to trigger rob too much yeah (laughs) i realize he's probably sitting here absolutely shook up at the moment but Mm -hmm. yeah like awesome game the nattering i'm totally on board with you and i do think like as a general as a larger conversation the the map vomit constant chattering is a problem that the playstation exclusives need to address because the horizon games are that and worse as far as i understand yeah, agreed just let let it breathe and let us just like collect ourselves before you go learn to pace your game don't pacing mm. is not constant noise that's not pacing resident evil 4 remake is pacing that shit is yeah knows what it's doing this no that's something else entirely but yeah we'll cut that as well so we've just got that backtracking glitch yeah which obviously i i did not have I must have done it all before then or something. You had done it all before then. Um, and I, I also am aw- slightly aware that... I mean, I, I, I don't want to give it an excuse. It's still bad. Also slightly aware that like it, it, was, it wasn't game-breaking. It was just something that really upset my, equilib- my particular equilibrium when it comes to collectibles. Um, I think the winner for me has got to be that that whatever wording for the mario wonder final level yeah if you want to keep it to to the invisible section that's fine so we'll do the the end because that truly almost broke me and i think i would have found it genuinely upsetting if we didn't get through it because i I would have done admitting defeat 
on a Mario game. Yeah, it kind of feels like we're too big a boys to get beaten by Mario, doesn't it? <laughs> it's just yeah. like, come on. Come on, we're it's a Nintendo G. game. Fuck off. I'm not going to not fi- <laughs> finish a Nintendo game. I've got to tell, tell you something, by the way. Um, I can't even remember what it was. Oh, it must have been that Backpage podcast, right? They, Even though I pl- I've played a previous game and I absolutely hated it, but there's a guy at my work, Kieran, who's so into this game series. And I'm at a stage now where, for some reason, I just feel so compelled to play it that I've put it on my, Christmas, uh, my birthday list. Okay. It's a Switch game. What do you think I'm talking about? And he loves it. My, the guy at my work absolutely loves this series. Um, Switch exclusive? Is yeah, it like yeah. a Nintendo Yeah, it's a 2023 franchise? game. Switch exclusive. Just come out. And I, not just come out, but it came out this last year. Um, everybody was like raving about it. And basically, Backpage said, if you want to get into this series, like this is the perfect version of this type of game. And it's really good for like newcomers as well. If you want. I'm sure I heard them talk about this. So when I went for a hike at the weekend, I was listening. To, I was like, "Oh, is it their 2023 game of the year?" Put, one you yeah, and I, I listened to like half of it, and I thought this is not the place to start listening to them. I'll start fresh, and I think I listened to like half of it, and I'm sure they brought it up. <laughs> but as you can tell, my brain is not working. <laughs> yeah. I'll know it if I, I know. I'll know it when I see it. 2023 Switch. Just yeah, games. Yeah, you could probably just put 2023 games. It'll probably be near the top. He loves this series. Yeah, well, you don't know you don't know the guy I'm talking about, so don't use that as your. It's not Pikmin, is it? Yeah, is it? Yeah, I've been sort of. I really I want think Pikmin that game, Four. Like, really want it now. I I think that game looks incredible. Like the visually, I yeah. think for a Switch game, that game looks absolutely incredible. Apparently, just You'll it gets to- very like hardcore by the end. Yeah, I've heard people saying that, and I just I'm struggling to think of a hardcore like Pikmin being described as hardcore. Yeah, oh, Kieran at work is he goes he like he reckons Pikmin Two is like the most hardcore. Really? Of, yeah. See, in my head, like imagining Pikmin being a hardcore game is like imagining Toad in a cage fight. Like I just can't <laughs> see it. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, this it's going on the. I'm going to probably get it for my birthday. Well, and I'm quite if it's excited. Good, you can tell me. You can tell me if it's good, and then. If it's good and we both end up playing it, it's your friend for work's fault that he's sold two copies of Pikmin 4. Yeah. At three, because he sold his own one as soon as he'd 100%ed it. This guy is an, <laughs> this guy, like, I love the guy. He, like, he's, you know, he's a great person to work with and he's a cool guy, but he is like a total obsessive with uh, achievements still. It's, so, it's wild to look at a guy who's like 26, obsessed with achievements. It's I'm like, so mate, glad I got over that. Yeah. But honestly, he's like, he, I, I had to force him to stop playing Yakuza 0 because he was trying to get like absolutely everything to get the platinum or the whatever it is thousand G's for it and one of them is to like you know, mate there's about 800 other games exactly like this coming up so yeah. get through it and get on in the next exactly one. yeah because he's done like the 100% completion <laughs> list so he learned how to play like Mahjong and Shogi and all those Japanese fucking card games he learned all of oh, that he, he never got he never got to the race and the car racers did he was it that yeah he done everything he's 100% done. every completion everything oh my God. the only thing he didn't do was um I think finish it on like the the hardest difficulty because he couldn't be bothered to go all the way back through it again I think that was it but I said to him just like yeah you have to stop because there was like nine or ten of these just move on he's doing it again with, it. with Kiwami One he's doing the exact same thing he's learned all the Japanese card games all over again. Oh, no, I play them now. They're actually quite fun. Well, fair enough. I'm just jealous of that. <laughs> I tell you what, that uh, boss in Yakuza Zero, the first boss where you fight the guy with the big 
tattoo on his back. That's all of them. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Is it the guy... He's like... I think I know the guy you mean. He's, Kuse, he's like one of the top I, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I know. Yeah. Oh, my. I... I... I don't know how people. I I struggle with him so much. I think he takes. He's, I think I've done him twice now. The, the sort of two attempts I've been I've made to play that game. Oh my god! It's honestly one of the hardest bosses I've ever got through. Yeah, yeah. I just really struggle with him. I think you can. I think you can probably cheese a lot of stuff in those games just by having loads of those drinks and making your heat meter go. Get the ones that right. put your heat meter right to the top, and so you can just press triangle to win. I think you can probably cheese it. If I remember, oh my God. or just pick up a weapon and like pick up a sofa or something and hit him with it. You you come out of that like an absolute weapon. It's like the game the pro- the game starts proper after that, and you're just like Neo because of that, I found <laughs> that, that that boss is so hard that everybody's just getting their head smashing. Apart from that big guy, oh Mister uh, Shakedown, yeah, who fucking takes all your money if you lose to him, and you got to go fight him again to win it all back. I think Horrible. I found him asleep. Yeah, got absolutely wise the cash off of him. Yeah, because you can and just, just ran away into yeah. the night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's he'd be on this list if we played that together this year. Yeah. He is. He is some he bullshit. Right. So runners end, up. I, I I can't I can't let anything go above the PC controls. I'm disgusted by it still. Yeah. And then it's your, yeah, that was bad. And then it's your backtracking getting completely oh, cut off. Backtracking in Resident Evil Four. Congratulations, so Mario. The winner Wanda. of yeah. <laughs> Winner of the most bullshit award. Also, runner-up in best gameplay. So, I don't know. You win some, you lose some. Yeah, you win some till the very, very end. <laughs> next, no, next. well, I, you know, we, we did read it out. But anyway, our our final final ranking, nominees being blo- blocking my David's backtracking in Resident Evil 4 Remake, the Metal Gear Solid Psychomatics PC control section. And the winner is the end of the final final boss and super mario wonder specifically the invisible section yeah next up awful best surprise okay tell me why alan make alan wake was a surprise alex um in fact can i have a break to have a pee i need another drink yeah i'm glad so glad you said that While the boys go for their break, don't forget to also listen to the Video Game Hall of Fame podcast at VG underscore HOF on X, you dirty piece of garbage. Yuji Naka inside traded your mother for Pokemon cards. Tell me why Alan Wake is a surprise of 2023. Oh, yeah. I put this at the bottom of my list of best surprises purely because I had a feeling that... Well, I knew that I'd enjoyed the game when it came out. I knew that I thought yeah. the game was good, but I distinctly remembered looking back on it thinking it was a sort of solid 7 out of 10. But yeah, just going back and playing it this time around, I think the story resonated with me a lot more. And it's just it was just so much better than I remembered. And I just... Don't think any 360-era game is likely to make me feel that way. Most of them will probably end up making me think that they were worse than I remember. Hopefully not. No, hopefully not. Because we're, we're about to have a big old year of Xbox 360. Like, all, all they'll be as I remember. Like, oh yeah, this mm-hmm. is as good as I remember. But this genuinely felt a lot it's better. It's one of the few ones a lot better than you remember. I think I fully agree with that. I remember, like, 
a lot so even like the power station section and stuff like that i I sort of completely deleted from my mind i think at some point um yeah i'm trying to think back now and like yeah it, i think because it's slightly higher up my list it, it, it's just i i cannot really build i'm trying my best here but failing mm. i can't really build on anything that you said it, it was a game that felt like a seven out of ten but actually turns out it was so much better than that i think what i took away from it largely is i felt like it was quite nonsensical when i played it back in 2012 or whenever it was that it came out and actually when you take the time to think about it it is quite a coherent game for the most part and it just knows what it's doing it was just a style of game that i was not really used to mm. and now i'm a bit maybe a bit older I was going to say wiser, definitely not, but slightly slightly older and just a bit more open-minded to that sort of thing. Yeah. I think it, it hit better now than it did when we were younger. It really did. Uh, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know how much it, the fact that we played the re, remastered version helped in that. Probably why I put it at the bottom, because mm-hmm. it had some kind of you know, improvements to it, frame rate mm-hmm. and graphics and whatnot. Almost certainly. So if we'd played this on 360, we might not be as impressed as we were. But um, just a really well-crafted game. They, they, I think they hit, all the, they hit all the beats they were trying to hit. Um, Gameplay-wise, yeah, it was a little bit one-note. Um, the sequel's not exactly a, a massive like evolution of, of the Alan Wake formula. There is still a lot of like shoot them with the torch, then shoot them with the gun. It just felt a lot better because the mechanics of the movement and the the shooting were just improved wholesale in the second mm. one. But it's still basically the same sort of thing. So, yeah, just like a really pleasant surprise. I just, I, we were basically just kind of doing it as like a, well, let's, let's just do this as a podcast because we're going to play it to remind ourselves because the story's quite all over the place. So before mm. the one that comes out that we're really excited for, let's play this first. But it was more than that. It was more than, you know, Crackdown being a demo for Absolutely. Halo 3. It was Crackdown being a good game kind of jobby. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree with that. Um, Metal Gear Solid was the best surprise because I thought a broadly similar thing. I have played it in the past, obviously, and I don't know, I've got a sort of passing appreciation for Metal Gear Solid. I remember when I was a kid, I liked the first one. I really liked the second one. Never played the third or the fourth. I didn't like the fourth. And I thought the, uh, the fifth one was awesome. I encountered a few bugs, but because I was just totally disengaged with the story when I sort of ran out of speed with the gameplay I just put the game down and wandered off and felt completely satisfied with mm. that game so I'm, I've got a sort of up and down relationship I guess when it, right now that I've actually gone through some of the games um, I expected this game to have aged poorly I thought it would control Agreed. strangely Agreed. and I, I was fully ready for the story just to be uninteresting but i found myself kind of swept up in it i agree actually it's, it's madness yeah um so yeah that was another like obviously best surprise nominee that like presently surprising that how well that game holds up today uh, and i guess because of the feeling that it holds up well speaks to how good it actually was like mm-hmm. we everybody knows that this is a huge deal like it's a massive franchise there's it's got millions and millions of fans all over the world still to this day Mm-hmm. Um, so perhaps yeah, this this type of surprise kind of leads more towards the way that we kind of not look down on it, but just we're not massive Metal Gear heads on this on this podcast. So no, and I'm I'm also not a massive anime fan. Yeah, which this which Metal Gear Solid is fucking anime, whatever people say. Yeah, 
it's not surprising that Metal Gear Solid is good because loads and like millions of people know of that. It's just you know, yeah, we we looked at this PlayStation game from 1998 and we're like, holy shit, this like this still has a lot to say and this still plays really really well and it's just fucking cool like it's it's really cool it's a slightly less um, extreme version for me at least um, because i know you've always been a big fan of how much i've found that i really still enjoy the old school resident evil games which is why resident evil 3 is on my list because this is it continues to be a series great segue i would say thank you (laughs) um Sort of thinking that yeah, this game is old. It's going to feel outdated, and I can maybe appreciate what it did. But I think from maybe a modern perspective, it won't hold up quite so well. It's actually, I think they hold up perfectly well. You just have to get you sort of used to the tank controls and mm-hmm. accept them for what they are. And I think Alex has always said that there's a sort of satisfaction in becoming good at tank <laughs> yeah, there controls. Is. And yeah. There actually is, and I think Metal Gear Solid Three, not Metal Gear Solid Resident Evil Three, sorry was another excellent example of that. I I saw in the run-up to... I I spent a lot of time working throughout the pandemic watching a combination of basketball and (laughs) um, Let's Play Resident Evil series on GameSpot where Mary Kish and some other dude that I've forgotten his name, they were just played through all the Resident Evil games and I sort of sat in the background with Resident Evil 3 during the pandemic and had it on and I remember seeing... It's Mr. X, isn't it? Or has he got uh, Nemesis. Nemesis. Um, thinking he looked really stupid and quite hokey, and he is. But actually, he's still great. It's still sometimes it's still pretty intimidating when he appears. Like the bits and pieces that game does, where it has like the attempt at branching path lines. Um, mm. Yeah. Wrapped up in wrapped up in the sort of hokey silliness of Resident Evil that that series is often known for, and I, again to sort of say something I've said on a lot of Resident Evil podcasts, sort of coming to the old Resident Evil games, expecting them to just be silly, shallow experiences. Actually, the hokiness is part of what makes Resident Evil great. Agreed. And I, I, I've done a switch from thinking it was a something you just had to sort of ignore to actually appreciating what it is. And yeah, Resident Evil 3 is a continuation of that. And actually, because we've played... Sorry, I'm going off on an absolute rampage here, but <laughs> because we've been playing the Resident Evil games a lot over the years, it was a fun surprise how different Resident Evil 3 is to 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Like, Resident Evil 3 is got a heavy focus on shooting in a way the first sort of two originals don't. Yeah, and it plays better than the both of them as a result. It does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely, pleasant surprise. But again, like, I kind of want... To offer it up, I, I kind of wouldn't be too upset if you if you were felt more strongly. We'll maybe get to it, but felt more strongly about other games in the list because how often can I tell the same listeners that I'm pleasantly surprised by Resident <laughs> Evil at some point? I just have to admit that I like these games. Yeah, we'll come back to that. Yes, Layers of Fear. I think you liked this game a lot more than I did. Yeah, did you? You ended up playing the the correct one in the end, didn't you? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I think mostly I was pleasantly surprised by the fact that i wasn't sure if this type of game was going to be for me and it felt like it was one of those games where it has its fans and it has like it's you know people talk about it when you look up like scariest games or whatever and i was just mm-hmm. like okay well you're also telling me it's a puzzle game so what how is this actually going to scare me yeah. and i i don't know obviously i picked it because i expected it might it might charm me and i just it just did in the way that i didn't expect 
a lot scarier than I expected. Like I was absolutely terrified. I don't. You find it really quite scary. Yeah, it, like I said on the on the pod where we talked about it. Like the, the scariest part of it was like I had no control over when a jump scare was going to happen. Certainly for the first time. Like if I was to replay it, I guess I'd be expecting some of it. But just much in the way Alan Wake Two does it. Like I was about to say, Alan Wake Two must have really shook you. Oh, up. it did. Honestly, you. Especially when I'm trying to play it quietly at night and not wake the family up, like just play a loud noise out of absolutely nowhere and flash something horrible on the screen, and I will absolutely shit myself. So this had me on edge for a lot of the time playing it, and I thought some of the puzzles were actually like quite cleverly done. Like it had more to it, way more to it actually than I expected. Mm-hmm. It's a shame they completely ruined the remake of it that they did last year. I was going to say the what's that? What, I hope I'm hoping I'm remembering the the actual proper version of the game since I sort of played both of them. But the sort of fantastical stuff at the end with this is it like the spinning rooms? You've got to go around picking up is it jigsaw pieces or something mm, yeah. in that sort of big open area and it keeps changing and you've got to, yeah I think that bit sort of ruined it for me a little bit. It went from this sort of like scary but largely grounded within its own world game to this thing that was just nuts. Yeah, um, that's fair. That let me down a little bit. But yeah, I'm not here to shit on the fun you had. Well, yeah. It's not going to... I'm going to cut it already. Um, I, maybe it was part of it. It's just like I'd heard somewhere somebody was like, oh, it's, it's, you know, is this a proper four out of ten? I don't know why people, you know, talk about this game. It's yeah. like scary but terrible. But I guess <laughs> it wasn't terrible. So I was like, hey! No, yeah, it was certainly good. Um, I... Well, we cut Resident Evil 3 as well. Like I say, I know I've just gone mental speaking about it, but there's only so many times I can tell people I'm surprised that I like Resident Evil, so perhaps that has to go as well. Yeah, there's a part of Resident Evil 3 where um, every time I play, I am... I think, again, this is something we would have said on the recording. I remember talking about it. Like Every time I play Resident Evil 3, I go into it being like, it's the worst of the original trilogy, but it's still fine. And then every time I play it, I'm like, this game fucking rules. Like, yeah. if this is the worst of the trilogy, then my God, what a trilogy. Which, yeah, what a trilogy. It probably, is it better than one? I don't know. What do you think? So this, again, this sort of brings me back to the preconceived notions and memories being different from the reality. I remember thinking the Resident Evil puzzles were obtuse that nobody could ever figure out without a guide. Mm. And then I sort of, I've gone back in recent years and actually, no, you can figure them out fast. You can figure them out fine. I think I was just a dumbass when I was a kid. Yeah, um, I mean, they're even dumber nowadays. <laughs> um, I think I would. I think I would do it two, three, one, in that order. So I think it is better than one. We haven't gone back to two yet, so I guess I can. No, that's coming up. I can't say. So I guess my. I think so, but I don't think three is good without one, as a sort of predecessor like i wonder if it just went straight to three if three came out and was the first resident evil if that would have the same the same effect Mm. i don't know i don't know i honestly would have to sit and think about it for a while i'm really struggling with that one we ranked it in our in our ranking of resident evil pod we put it higher than the original we put it at number six and then we put the original at number seven that must be what i think about it then (laughs) it's been long enough that i don't know so there you go interested to hear about Resident Evil 4 being a surprise. Because, again, like, yeah. I, 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 again, perhaps I'm forgetting things, but my memory was you were, you were beyond hyped for this. 
<laughs> I guess, I guess, because Capcom have been so consistent with Resident Evil in the last mm-hmm. ten years that I um I knew it was going to be. I knew it was going to be great, now, isn't it? Wow. Um, since six, so maybe not te- quite ten. I don't know, but the, since seven, like seven, seven Village, and then all the remakes. Three is a mm-hmm. letdown, but it's not a bad game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I cynically would obviously look looked at this at first and just thought like this doesn't need to happen. Like, don't fuck with Resi Four. Like, it's such a classic. Don't muck around. Just remake Code Veronica, and I still stand by. I wish that they had done that instead. So I did expect this to be great, but I didn't expect it to just be. As f- it did feel quite fresh, and it was just like I, I just loved it. Like I say, I played it straight through twice in a row, jumped onto the mercenaries mode and everything like that. And it's you know it's up there for my games of the this year. So I was just surprised that it didn't annoy me in any way. Like I didn't while playing. I just thought, yeah, I can see why this exists now. I don't know why you when you announced this. I didn't know why you were doing it, but now I see it. Like I get it. You think I played it through it twice, go. didn't I? As well, I think so. Maybe, yeah, yeah, I did. And then I, I ran through all the mercs, but I didn't. I didn't really stick with them. I just sort of saw them through and moved on. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know how whether that that sticks. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm okay to leave it bef- leave it for the moment because it. Well, we've got another remake on there as well, haven't we? We've got the Dead Space remake, which we kind of touched on earlier in that, you know... We've kind of touched EA on it. I, I just think... It. <laughs> yeah, I just think, like, if you're coming into 2023, if someone had someone had sort of told you, told me cold that given how EA and EA have treated the franchise, EA now also got under the skin and made Dead Space 3 and Mass Effect 3 and what they did to Dragon Age and stuff like that, they're... Over the over like what their twenty year long I know they're doing it now but like their twenty year long crusade to ignore skate the skate franchise yeah and um, they just like they just like unless they can make billions out of it or FIFA money out of it they just seemed not interested and they just chasing the lowest common denominator and I, I think so if someone had told me they're remaking a Dead Space um the people that made Dead Space have since left EA and have formed their own company and they're making a sort of spiritual successor mm. you can pick one. Do you want to play Callisto Protocol or do you want to play the Dead Space remake? I think all day I would have been picking the Callisto Protocol. Think because even if you had given me the elevator pitch for Callisto, it's a prison ship or beside the moon that's called Callisto, isn't it? Is that how it is? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was like, that sounds great. That sounds. I'm sure I've heard. I've seen like a Sylvester Stallone movie of the similar ilk that was just really fun. Um. Yeah, and they totally, they they whiffed it, and they I I actually think EA nailed every aspect of that game. It is a top quality. It looks better, it feels better. It kept it kept the stuff that was memorable about the first game and improved upon them. And they have sort of gone back to the library flood level, like they did in the Halo collection, and sort of tightened those up to make them a bit more coherent. And that was the bit where you're out in space shooting those guns at the asteroids coming towards you that was awful in the first game yeah yeah and they obviously we said about it at the time as well like um they made the they made the ship actually like a proper place that you could move through yeah rather than around, just sit in a loading and screen and go back to a different segmented area this was all connected which was a really cool idea and considering this developer's only been around for like uh seven years at this point and it's only done two Star Wars games before it 
one of them was that Battlefront 2 in collaboration with DICE and then the other one was Star Wars Squadrons which I just nobody played. I just think I just think it was really the the cards and the the deck was really stacked against this game being good and it is against all odds turned out amazingly well and I'm now excited to yeah. see if they go ahead and do another one or yeah. they go and do something different or what they do with the dead sp- they've, they've resident evil the dead space franchise to me as in the blue life into something i thought was long dead yeah they're apparently working on an iron man game next so won't be them that mm. does it okay okay well excitement has just gone way down again then <laughs> um i don't know if this necessarily did as much to kind of refresh the game as four did this felt like it was more, almost more of like a shot-for-shot remake than four was. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, Resi four, sorry. Yeah, well, it's a, yeah, that's. I, I guess that's the detraction on it, isn't it? You're right enough. It was. It is pretty much a shot-for-shot remake. It's just this one was done by a totally different developer who've only just sort of come into existence and was published by EA and not disgustingly terrible. So, mm-hmm. Capcom should Capcom are a safer pair of hands. All right, Shinji Mikami's not there anymore. Who obviously was the director of Resi 4, but um, Capcom have proven themselves to be a safer pair of hands with their remakes recently, whereas this one came out of absolutely nowhere, really. So I, I think I, I, I can accept that, yeah, that's probably more of the surprise than Resident Evil 4. I think also, and this isn't a dig, this is sort of, I think it's just, just like a true observation. I think a lot of your anxiety surrounding Resident Evil 4 was just your love for the franchise. Yeah. Rather than actual legitimate de- although no Did you actually feel that, i'll take that, that back Dead space as well though i think i thought well, i think to be fair to you given that the resident evil 3 remake was an ever so slight whiff yeah um you maybe did have slight cause for it um for me it was a surprise that it was good but i mean it could have come out and it been awful and i would have been i would have just moved on with my life because mm. it, dead space 3 for me absolutely killed my interest in that franchise and they've done it so well now that it's sort of brought it back back to life yeah for me now that i'm in, I'm sort of interested in it again super mario brothers wonder i'm interested to talk about a wee bit because the, i've been trying to think about how i would explain this game and the thing that sort of turned me off in the lead up to it is watching the trailers in the game in the lead up to release gave me the same impression i would if you would walk into like a sweet shop as a kid and smell it and it just smells like that sickly sweet everything in here is going to taste great but make me feel fucking terrible <laughs> yeah my teeth are rotten just by thinking about what's going on in the shop and that's kind of what it gave for me it was just like really bright and i don't know like trumpets and stuff going about the place and yeah the little pl- plants talking to you yeah and i thought i was going to hate it and I, I didn't. Loved it in the end. And I loved pretty much everything about that game, apart from one specific part. Yeah. I mean, the, um, I, I do quite like the Mario sprite, and I like the animations that the characters in this game have. But at first glance, when you saw that first trailer come out, there was still an element, I think, to look at it and just be like, well, first of all, you look at it and you go, oh, is it 2D Mario? Okay. Can we have an Odyssey 2 or something instead? You guys don't do good 2D Mario anymore. And then secondly, because it looked not massively dissimilar, certainly in terms of like an overall art style to the new Super Mario Brothers series, then it kind of felt like, oh, it's going to be one of these again. 
Like, yeah, okay, we get it. It's a stopgap Mario that's just kind of, it's not going to feel quite right. Because I've long just sort of thought to myself, like, look at the Rayman Legends and Origins games and look how they, they yeah. took the art of, of Rayman, which on the PS1, disgusting. 3D ones, fair enough. But they, they stylized that in such a gorgeous way where it almost looked like hand-drawn. It was just so cool and unique. And I just kept thinking to myself, like, forever since then, like, why don't Nintendo just do some... Where's the Yoshi's Island coming from next? Like, where that game just looks like nothing else that Nintendo had put out at that point. Like, it was like almost like pastely crayon-drawn art in that game to just really push the yeah. SNES to within an inch of its life right at the end of it. Just like, why is Nintendo not just wildly redoing beautiful 2D animation every time? Why are they doing this shitty 2.5D bollocks where the sprites just look chunky and horrible or bland <laughs> and the backgrounds look really bland because they're just crappy 3D like shapes? Like, there's nothing here that's inspiring or interesting to look at. It's just green and brown and yellow and blue just for the sky it's just like what is this but it just transcended beyond anything like of that when you've got all this like the wonder seeds come into it and it just flips everything on its head and it just feels so good like Mm -hmm. the new super mario brothers games don't feel like proper mario which is why mario maker doesn't always feel quite right either because they kind of base that on they base the physics of those games on the new Super Mario Brothers as well. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. But this one felt like a proper 2D Mario game should feel. It felt just like Mario World kind of feels in my memory. And then then bringing in the the 3D Mario guys from like Galaxy as we discussed on the pod when we talked about it. Just a masterstroke. Bringing that 3D mentality mm-hmm. into the 2D Mario genre has completely reinvigorated it. And it's, it's so, so good. Like one of the best Mario games ever. I yeah. can't I can't believe that from that first trailer that you you didn't even really want to sit through and watch it and I was like please please go back and watch it again because this actually <laughs> looks interesting um surface level yeah don't judge a book by its cover I guess don't look at the elephant sprite because my again dude from work Pikmin boy uh, from which he will now always be known uh he, when I said to him about like, are you hyped for Mario one day he's like oh the elephant thing scares me I don't understand it why is that a why is Mario turning into an elephant? I don't want to play it. I was like, you should give it a try. And then he played it and he just like 100% did it in a weekend or something. He was obsessed with it. Was, it just seems to have surprised everybody by just how good it is. And yet, you know, mm. it's a Nintendo flagship IP by some of their greatest minds. We're being surprised that it's good. But yeah. that's where 2D Mario was since, yeah, since totally agree. 1992. Do we put? So I think Super Mario Brothers Wonder probably makes the final three. Um, yeah, Resident Evil Four. I think, given your passion for the series, I think that probably makes the final three as well, doesn't it? Um, mm, yeah, yeah. It's that or Alan Wake, isn't it? I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm sort of swithering between. Like Dead Space for me was a massive surprise, but also like, as long as it wasn't buggy, which I guess again is by no means a guarantee. They could have just like tarted up the graphics and farted out anything, and I would have enjoyed it. Yeah, but they they did so so much more than that, and I think it's even more of a surprise based off of like, again, EA and also Callisto Protocol. Just like you you took out all the key players from Dead Space, gave it to a brand new developer basically, and they fucking smashed it. Like, how did this get this good? 
how about a top three of Mario, Resident Evil, and Dead Space, and we cut Alan Wake and Metal Gear Solid? Yeah, I think we definitely have to cut Metal Gear because although it definitely is a surprise, like if you've never played Metal Gear Solid and you're listening to this, do it. Don't be mm-hmm. afraid that it's a PlayStation One game. It's still awesome. But yeah, millions of people already know that. Um, yeah. Alan Wake, yeah, it's it's a cult game, but I think as surprised as we were by how good that was, this it just is lessened because the second one is so much better. There's there's no getting yeah, beyond that. I think so. So I think Dead Space goes second, and we can have Resi Four third because I, as I said, there was that was Capcom still, uh, who I feel was the safe pair of hands with it. Whether sure. I whether I agreed with it needing to exist in the first place or not. Okay. Super Mario Brothers, the winner. Runner up Dead Space and Resident Evil 4 Remake for best surprise. We're now on to worst game. Shadow Complex was such a bummer. Like, I remember, like, for me at least, I remember coming into this and I've got still to this day in my, in my head memories of the Giant Bomb crew, like, raving about how good it was and it, when it came out and them just having such a good time with it. And I was like, we're look, talking about Metroidvania's games, and we're like, I was like, this is meant to be really good. Mm-hmm. Now I'm sort of into these games after Castlevania. It's a Western-made one, which I feel inherently more comfortable around the sort of art style and stuff like that. So I was like, this might be a really fun one. It's on, it's sort of epic-led. Yeah. I was like, yeah, this might be great. And it was just so bleh. Mm-hmm. It started off quite fun, but then like the story goes absolutely nowhere. And actually, the, the story is awful. The power ups aren't that fun. There's a mode where you can. There's like one where you can run quite fast for a bit. Um, yeah, Metroid's done that millions of times as was, well. It was not fun backtracking to go and look for collectibles because that that's the kind of game that I would love to again stick a podcast in and just like spend some time looking for collectibles but the, yeah. the map was made in a certain way is that you would spend ages maneuvering your way to a certain point and realize that you had to go all the way around the whole thing to get back to something that was on like the other side of a wall i just think the map design wasn't as good as it could have been yeah. the art style was just i don't know maybe it's just of its time that's a 360 ass looking 360 yeah game. so gray and brown the final boss as well was so stupid. Like it was meant to be this really intimidating thing. And I worked at a place I could just sit and hide, mm-hmm. and then just pop out, do what I needed to do, and go back in. Um, yeah, it was a game that I was so excited for that I thought would get have a, some really good good fun with it. And I think both of us ended up sort of just having to push ourselves through to the end rather than actually wanting to finish it. Yeah. The, the The main thing about Shadow Complex, I guess, from when it came out, was the period that it came out in was there were they just weren't making these types of games anymore yeah. and not even Nintendo was doing it with Metroid because they were making prime games at that point and the boom from the indie um, sphere of games didn't really exist either at that point and it certainly wasn't as into metroidvanias as it has been since Shadow Complex so Shadow mm-hmm. Complex has a you know deserves recognition for sort of reigniting that genre and making people care about it again basically just because a bunch of guys love Metroid and wanted to make their own one. Um, and because of that respect that it's had, the hindsight, uh, well, the pre-hindsight look at it would just be sort of like, oh, that game was so good. Like, we have so much to thank Shadow Complex for. Now we're getting to play loads of cool Metroidvanias. And then you go back mm. and play it and you're like, oh, yeah, it's okay. And that's yeah, th- that's testament to what's come since. 
but it's also yeah, not true. as good as it's still not as good as the the greatest metroid games and some of those happened before shadow complex as well so yeah this was our first year where we actually like dedicated a, a, a month of the podcast to playing metroidvanias and this was one of the ones we were really hyped to play as one of the first ones in that new series and it was just fine and yeah that is a shame it's definitely not the worst we both put it at number five because it is still a good game it's just um mm-hmm. The we, the, I think main main stems more from severe disappointment. I came yeah. into it thinking I was going to have a lovely time with it. We had, I think we had played Symphony of the Night the year before. We had played um, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night by this point, I think, as well. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm primed for this, ready for it. And it just wasn't wasn't what I hoped it would be. Layers of Fear, I'm struggling to moan about terribly. It just, again, like I said before, it just didn't particularly grab me in, in a way that i thought it might why the hell would we as as enthusiast podcasters who don't get any money for this why would we sit and pick shit games to play so this is always a tough one to kind of actually yeah. get five games nominated for because yeah nothing we I really agree. play is dog shit that's worth mentioning there's nothing like here that i think is truly a bad game yeah layers of fear is just a seven out of ten horror experience which is it's fine for what you you know scared the shit out of me it's quite short it's quite repetitive so yeah is it the worst game of the year absolutely not i I was quite pleasantly surprised by it but there are multiple games that are far better than this remember we're talking about layers of fear in a year where we played like donkey kong country and banjo kazooie and mario all stars and like (laughs) alan wake 2 it's like it just has to be something has to fit these slots and that's that's one of them yeah, yeah. I think how I ended up going through this is I sat in, I copy and pasted the list of games we had played, and then I basically took out the best games. So I like took the top five games, and then yeah. I was like, right, is there a better game? Is this better? This number six game better than any of the five that's on the list? And if I did, I switched it out, and then that sort of left me with my favorite list. And then I had a sort of list of games that I didn't like quite as much, and then I sort of just did the inverse, and that's kind of what I was left with. Mm for worst game again didn't hate any of them but yeah they just didn't quite quite get there Simpsons Hit and Run again I had a perfectly fun time playing it I loved it um, I just think it's I'm I, I just not sure there's a lot to it I think we'd, we'd, kind of what I came away with yeah it's incredibly one note um, mm-hmm. the humour's obviously not quite there it needs a map it's just yeah that has a nice feel of you know it masks some of its flaws because the subject matter of it is so revered by the game itself. Like they clearly have a lot of love for the Simpsons. They did it. They did the series credit. They just made a game that's bang average and holds up fine because it's just driving, but it's just driving and driving. So yeah, it's just an okay game that, you know, it's a cult classic. People are desperate for them to remake it. Newsflash. It's never going to get a remake. Ever. So it's kind of what oh it's kind of all we've got. If you're a crazy massive Simpsons head like me, this is all we got. So we love it for that. But it is it a great game? No, it's not a great game. It's just it's just a very nice piece of Simpsons to play. That's it. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. Warhammer 40k bolt gun again is one that 
I think I still maintain the the actual the the like, you you have you've explained that with your metal chat way better than I ever can. But like the <laughs> the gameplay loop feels it feels weighty and grungy. Like firing that gun feels like you're like you can feel it clunk as you're oh, shooting. Oh, there's some real weight and to like, that. Yeah, yeah, and I I love that art. I think that art style is great. Fit it fit it perfectly. It was like a really yeah great way to deliver that world in a game. It's just I, I eventually got tired because it's just that bit more. So like the first thing in, in encounter a chaos space marine, he's really in, really intimidating, and then by the end you're you're encountering like fifty of them at once rather than one. And it's yeah. just the game the game never progresses beyond just giving you more enemies to shoot to make it more difficult. Yeah, um, it has a really fun sort of initial loop that long long route stays as welcome. It long for me. You're absolutely spot on. Yeah, and it's it's just it's just tiresome by the end. Just if we weren't podcasting about it, it would have I would have binned it off. No, I wouldn't have finished it. No way. It's a slog. Um, and fear. I think I liked it at the moment, and I think the more distance I get from it, the less I like it. Yeah, it just looks like a a three six well, it's a three sixty era game. It's based on it's a PC one, isn't it? I, I think yeah. this, the story's quite an interesting. The the environments aren't that great. Terrible. It's just office blocks. It's just yeah. It's just a shooter that's does enough. And I don't know. There's quite fun moments. Um, the one that sticks out in my memory that was fun was when we were walking down. There was like a there was a fight between like the the supernatural dudes and the soldiers. Mm. And then I remember like, I basically wiped out one side and saved them. The other guys just turned around and started shooting <laughs> yeah. me. I was like, I just saved your life. Yeah. Um, very nice skybox I remember seeing at some point. <laughs> oh, that's the one that you had the, the weird moon though, isn't it? Where it like, yeah. yeah. It was massive. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you could reach out and touch it. It's just a pretty bland game. I, and I can't believe that got a trilogy. I, I can't believe, like people talk about fear. Like when we did the hall of fame thing we did first person shooters and this got nominated by one of my co-hosts on that show as like one of his favorite first person shooter ever and you look back at like you know how people talked about this game and like number one mm-hmm. everyone said it was so terrifying and I, yeah. I remember thinking it was all going to be about little alma the girl was just going to be so scary and she's not scary at all nothing in this game is scary in any way whatsoever and <laughs> it's got some okay bullet time in it and some of the guns feel quite cool and are quite inventive but mm-hmm. just playing through this game and knowing the level of critical acclaim that it has and like people look back on it and think it's so good i just don't get it i don't I get what that key i don't get what everyone thinks is so good about yeah it. i think that's the key for me is like I, I, again we're gonna i'm gonna keep repeating it it's not a terrible game it's not I just, no i just don't think the acclaim it gets matches the quality of the game in any way, shape, or form. No. It's just a bit. I'm a bit, and I'm a bit confused by it to the point. <laughs> yeah. that I'm like, am I missing? Am yeah, I missing totally. Something? Yeah, <laughs> I feel exactly the same way. I, I don't understand what we missed. Whereas, like, I don't know, like Alan Wake Two, for example. If I think if you had recorded my face, I would have had lots of different facial expressions. And I, I definitely last night when I was going through the Cynthia sections, would have been. <laughs> I was like screaming out loud every so. Annie was sitting next to me every so often. I'd be like, "Fuck." <laughs> Fuck off, Cynthia! And Annie just oh, like, jumps up. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, and awful. then with this game, if you'd recorded my face, it just would have been <laughs> yeah, screensaver totally. face the whole time I played yep. it. Just felt nothing. Yeah, 
of all the games we've played, this was certainly one of them. <laughs> it was one of the one of our games of all time. Yeah. <laughs> is it the worst game? Is it worse than Warhammer? Yeah. I wanted Warhammer to be over by the end of it. Yeah. But I I, I quite happily played Fear yeah. through to the end. I was just I like I say stumped by the acclaim it gets. It's less colourful than Warhammer. I know, that's what I was thinking. Warhammer like to you could look at Warhammer for a half an hour and be like, Yeah, this looks awesome. If someone, yeah, there's plenty of stills in Warhammer. I would quite happily someone give me a picture and put it on my wall. Yeah, fear's not going on my wall. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the actual gameplay, it's fine. Mm. I don't know. It's it's funny. Like I'd say the initial like wow moment of to me if for Bolt Gun is far better than anything fear. Yeah, does. you're you're right. You're right. Um, fear doesn't have a wow moment, does it? It's just kind of like oh right. I, I yeah. see somebody watch The Matrix, okay. But it's, I don't remember going, oh, this again, when in fear, but I did, I don't know, from about halfway on in Bolt, Bolt Gun. Yeah, and you know what, Bolt Gun as well, like, there's a lot of boomer shooters, revival stuff these days, and some of it just feels terrible. But mm-hmm. Warhammer feels really good. Like, yeah. f- like, moving about that game world and the way it controls is really spot on. It's just, again, the, the level design and the the difficulty curve is just all out of whack it's just mm-hmm. it's just getting lost and then getting overwhelmed by just millions of twats whereas fear as you said it's just it's just nothing there is no fear in fear no oh, i really don't want simpsons hit and run in this top three but it's just driving isn't it <laughs> it's just driving um i think i think i said this in the podcast my thing i struggle with simpsons hit and run and again perfectly fine time with it and i did enjoy it to an extent this is a silly argument because you can't extrapolate because part of the fun is the simpsons part of it yeah would i want to play this if it was it had like a skin of a i don't know the rugrats no absolutely <laughs> not i'm playing it because it's a simpsons game and they're, yeah. they're giving me that sort of simpsons vibe yeah the actual gameplay of the simpsons is totally fine sort of warhammer boat gun it just does the same bit more that um, you had me absolutely shitting myself for the final level in Simpsons Hit and Run, and it was hard, but it was alright. What was wrong with me as a young man? Why couldn't I do that level? It was not that hard. <laughs> no, it, yeah. it gives you a checkpoint halfway up the halfway through it. As was well. it you were like, you were like, I've never completed. This I hadn't. Game. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> <laughs> we can tick that off this year, I guess. The thing is, I'm struggling with this. Is like, as we're talking about, like Shadow Complex is in at five for me. Yeah, I'm not moving it from five. Well, this is the thing that I'm struggling with. Is like my number one and number five just gave me nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I don't have overly negative emotions about it, but I don't have positive either. Whereas I'd say like Simpsons, Layers of Fear, and Bolt Gun, I've got both. I sort of run the gamut. Uh, there's like bits that I liked about it, mm. and then other bits that I just really didn't. So I'm kind of struggling on what. I want to feel with this worst game, if that makes sense. Yeah, fair. There's nothing worse than being, than just feeling like underwhelmed and bored. That is, that is the worst. I'd rather feel something than totally feel nothing and be like, now I've got a podcast about it. If this was my podcast, I think my top three would be Simpsons. After a discussion would be Fear, Simpsons and Bolt Gun. So I can't convince you to put layers of fear in there just because I don't want Simpsons to be hurt. <laughs> Well, this is again brings you back. 
I will never play. I will. I never want to play Layers of Fear again in my life. Mm-hmm. If <laughs> I was sitting having a couple of drinks, I would quite happily crack out a Simpsons Hit and Run. Me too. It's not the last time I'll probably play Simpsons Hit and Run in my life. To be fair, but it is the last time I'll play Layers of Fear. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yay! We got him. Yeah. Let's do that. Fear. Layers of Fear. And Warhammer 40k bolt gun. Where's Where's Layers of Fear going? Like third. Yeah, I've I I think that I've done a quite a hard turn. No, no, no. Can we put bolt gun third? Because I think bolt gun's got something to it. Actually, yeah. Actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right there we go. The loser is Fear, followed by Layers. Goodbye, of Fear. And Warhammer 40k bolt gun. What is it? First encounter assault recon. Goodbye. Yeah. The Outsider Award for games that David and I played out with the pod this year. Oh, you played Jusant, did you? I did. Go on, tell us about that. Jusant's bloody brilliant, man. Really, bloody, really, really good. It's like a three, four-hour game, super short. Um, we were talking about... What was the game we were talking about earlier? The Oh, it was God of War Ragnarok that just chats at you incessantly. This game is happy just to be quiet and let you explore. Mm-hmm. It's just like silence the game. And any every all the sound that's in it is... There's some soft music, but it's it's all quite deliberate and poignant, and it's got a bit of a that is it that game company who are the ones that made that the scarf game journey you climb up the mountain yeah journey I don't know who made that anyway it's got a bit of a journey feel to it you're sort of climbing a mountain and you get to the top something happens mm-hmm. um, and then everything turns out okay but yeah it's a lovely game the climbing mechanics remember that Ubisoft Ubisoft before they turned into Ubisoft. <laughs> like on steroids making the same game with different skins. They had like a an indie studio they formed. I think I think it was the Xbox three sixty era. And they brought out a game where you're a little robot and you're yeah. sort of climbing up things. Can you remember what that game was called? No, but I know I could see his little red bloke. Yeah. Anyway, you run around, you climb up things. It's it's kind of feeling like that. You essentially go into this area and you've got to find your way to the top and sort of puzzle it out. Um and Grow home. They do an intro. That's it. They they do like you you sort of use your triggers to to use your different. Uh, arms okay. You've, you've got to like it feels a lot like that. Um, and you're sort of like hanging off areas and using like I don't know. You've got a thing you can like latch onto the wall and swing, and then there's like some of the stuff moves, and you've got to like time it, and you become an absolute demon at climbing up really fast because some of some of it's timed. It's just a it's a really chilled out fun game. Um. It's on Game Pass, so people should give it a go. Oh, it's, awesome it's game. Don't Nod as well. Is it? Yeah. So they've yeah. done, obviously, Life is Strange. They mm-hmm. did that vampire game. They did um, Remember Me as well. Yes, that's right. Well, there we go. Yeah, it's a really lovely little game. But yeah, I was sort of, yeah it's a one that's it's really short, like three to four hours. Mm-hmm. So I was sort of in and out, and it wasn't actually until we sat down to record this i remembered i played it and i was like oh no i need to mention that because that was a cool game yeah because i was gonna say i don't know what hp it harry potter oh, yeah. i wanted to mention that but be- but before you do you've not yeah. put cocoon on there i have not does that cocoon should be on there yeah tell us about that but it should be it should be a mention i don't think it would be a winner but no? cocoon's a great game okay the game's like it's a it's a it's an awesome game I think I've explained this. I think I've explained this on a, on a podcast even, but essentially this is a, a puzzle game in which you carry about this orb and then you take it to the, and you're, you're, you're using the orb to complete puzzles and stuff like that. And then you get to a point and you fight a boss, you beat the boss and then you take the orb into this next area. And then the orb, you can go inside the orb 
and you or is it you find another orb and then eventually you're carrying about these two orbs to complete the puzzles and then you find this thing that allows you to put the other orb inside the orb and you're you're completing these puzzles that are layered on top of each other so then you're going inside like multiple orbs within orbs yeah to set set a mechanic and then come out a layer set something else and then come out something and then it's like for example something will shoot into the orb and it'll bounce off all the worlds in a certain way that you've set up once it gets inside to set off something in the bigger world um it's just such an intelligently made puzzle game mm. that's interspersed with boss battles that are pretty hard um and mm. feel unlike anything else and it takes what you so you'll sort of learn how to do something within this set of puzzles and then you've got to really take it to the next level to get through the boss and on to the next which is what a boss fa- a battle should be yeah it's it's, it's such a well-made game mm. i definitely need to get to cocoon because it's the, you do it's one I of the guys it's, it's, from the inside limbo team isn't it is that right yes yeah yeah, 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 it's, it's, yeah. it's a truly awesome game. Um, Harry Potter, I wanted to quickly mention, I don't actually think that's a good game. Do you not? Um, no, it's funny that there's such a furore about the game because this is not the hill to die on. It's not a great game. What, the, what they do do about... It's, it's essentially, for people that haven't played it, it's an Assassin's Creed game with a Harry Potter skin. Oh. The, the, the reason I wanted to mention it is I think actually we, we mention it from time to time is it's world creation like walking around in Hogwarts being a massive Harry Potter fan myself yeah that moment where you sort of walk into the school is honestly like this is so such a cliche but it's genuinely a magical moment when you're walking around Hogwarts if you're a fan of that series and you sort of find yourself in the school just walking around the school seeing all the things you remember from the books and the movies um, getting to interact with different things and just like yeah, it's it's such a beautifully made recreation of Hogwarts. But the game they sort of tie around it is completely bland, in my opinion. Right. Hmm. And I, again, much like the Simpsons hit and run argument, if it wasn't a Harry Potter game, I'd have bounced. For sure. Yeah, that's probably why I haven't really heard you talk about it very much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's the other one I've got? Um, a Plague Tale trilogy. I've ran through this just in the run up to Christmas. That ga- those games are far better than I gave them credit for initially. I remember playing Plague Tale Innocence. There was the first one, mm-hmm. and oh, it's, a, it's not a trilogy. It's there's only two of them. Yeah, um, and Requiem, right? In Requiem, yeah. Um, and I kind of fell off it. There's a moment where you've got to kill a pig, and I was like, Nah, I'm out. This is not for me. And I sort of pushed through it. I don't even know why I picked it up, but I pushed through it and kept on going. And yeah, it's a it's a lovely story that is quite engaging, moving. It's desperately bleak, <laughs> but it's a beautiful game. I, I remember it's funny. I was watching a digital foundry video and they were talking about how great I played Tale Requiem, the second one is, um, compared to the first one. How much of a step up? I honestly, I thought the first game looked better than the second. All oh, right. <laughs> Um, they ha- they do this thing in the second game where, the and I find it so jarring. So the first game runs at six frames per second, solid, and then when the second game came out, it ran at thirty, and they had to, and people didn't like it, and they added a sort of graphics versus performance mode to right. it that allowed it to go up to sixty. The way they get round it is they change the frame rate of the character. So like, say if I'm here speaking to you as a character everything around me will run at 60 frames per second. But if you look off in the distance, 
the characters walking in the distance, they'll move as they become less sort of part of the immediate area, they, they change their frame rate. Yeah. So they start going at like 30 yeah. frames per second. So you can see everything around you moving really smoothly and then the people in the background are like juddering across. The Some screen. games do that really poorly as well. I, f- I found that so distracting. I understand why they did it mm-hmm. because it makes the game run at 60 frames per second. But I find it so jarring mm. to a point that I, I wish overall the whole game looked worse because the bits that did look worse distracted me entirely from the rest of it. Oh. What a shame. But it's, it, it's, it's still a great game. Mm. Um, really worth your time if people are interested in that sort of um, linear third-person stealth. I like the way the character is played because you're this girl with a little boy and you're surrounded by like these massive men with swords and stuff like that. So it's a real like sort of what's an anti-power fantasy um, because you, you're, you're at risk. If you get spotted, you're in trouble. Um, and I quite enjoyed that. What's the other one I've got? Hitman. Yeah, I've just been playing it over Christmas with my friend. We've been there's this um obviously people are well aware of what Hitman is these days. Um but the the modes we've been playing have been taking turns doing the escalation missions. So what that does for those that don't know is say it'll put you in a map, say Paris for example, and it'll say, Go kill this person. And you've got to go and kill the person and get out. And then when you do it, I'll say it'll have five levels and it'll be go kill this person wearing this suit. So you've got to go kill this person wearing a specific suit. Then it'll be, go kill this person wearing this suit wearing, with this specific weapon. And then it'll like add extra cameras in and stuff like that. It'll add more guards. It'll make you use costumes that aren't allowed in certain areas of the map and stuff like that. And essentially it just ratchets up to the difficulty until you are... It changes the game from being this thing that you're sort of just plodding along killing people and having a bit of a laugh to this like really intense and quite difficult puzzle game and yeah we've had a great time doing that and that game it's no surprise to no one this game's old now um so it's a surprise to nobody this is hitman effectively three is it or whatever they whatever they call it now yeah it's hitman World one two Assassination three but, or whatever yeah it but they it's yeah that's it and at some point they put the or they remade all games within the, the new Hitman yeah. 3 engine, so they all run the same. They've added a, another mode as well, which is um, what's it called Hitman World something anyway. It's essentially a roguelike mode now, like everything else does. And you go and you sort of um, earn XP and you can buy and unlock different weapons. And you unlock, say you do three assassination targets, you can use that to unlock and build up your base and do different things. And then after three, you've got to kill the boss and you only get one attempt at killing the boss. And if you fail at the boss, it puts you back to the beginning again. Hmm. So you can, and, and you sort of got to try and work your way up. But then if you kill the boss, it puts you back to the previous boss. So it's like, it's checkpointed up, if that makes sense. Um, there's lots of stuff to that game. It's un, I don't think anyone could ever finish it. There's just so much stuff <laughs> to it now. But it continues to be great. And I've actually hit, because you and I have spoken about Hitman a lot in that we want it to sort of click more than it ever has I think it's finally clicked with me I'm so glad that you had somebody with you to to help it click because I'm so bad at Hitman that when we tried to play it together I felt like I did you I did none of us any favours by being so shit and not knowing well that's partly why I've had to we've had to um, me and Scott have had to get Discord premium or whatever it is because you can only you can't stream properly Unless you've got Discord Premium, it was like you can only stream up to X frames or something like that. So that's why oh, I've got it. And that's because right. you asked me about my my <laughs> avatar looking weird the other days. Because I I did it and I was like, oh, 
I get some perks with this, and so I started clicking around, changing it. I was like, oh, that's awful. And then, but I didn't care. <laughs> it is hilariously awful, yeah. I didn't care enough to actually want to go back. It's just the way that it like, has all this like digital... like yeah. It just like just spams the screen with like flashing lights and stuff. Like, whoa! So yeah. mine will look like that until Scott and I stop playing Hitman. Nice. Alex, shall I do my, my runners You tell up? me about yours, because I've talked enough, and then we can come back to our winners. Sure. Those who follow us around all of our podcasting ventures will know that um, on the latest Gears Intel, I spoke about Tears of the Kingdom and how I wish I loved it, like truly loved that game. I just don't. There's there's no part of me that doesn't recognize that it's an incredible achievement. It's obviously a fantastic game. Mm-hmm. It's just not necessarily the type of Zelda game I want to play, which is weird. I, maybe I'm just cranky and old and just want to play them like they used to play. But there was just there's just too much there's too much freedom there's too much allowance for creativity in it that i just don't have in me to make full use of and that kind of stuff always stresses me out by playing it and just thinking like i could be doing so much more i could do what all those guys on twitter are doing and make a fucking mech that shoots fire but i can't be bothered and i don't really know how so i'm annoyed by the fact that i'm not good enough to do this (laughs) And then the thought of having to go back and try doing it again and making all that stuff again is just what stopped me from finishing it. And I I can't get it in my head a moment where I'm going to go, right, now I'm going to finish Zelda. I keep getting to the point where I say, I should go finish Zelda. And then I go, "Ah, I just can't be bothered. So while that's a great game, it just can't be my favorite of the year. So it isn't. Um, Final Fantasy 16 is kind of similar, although I did finish that. I put like over 70 hours into Final Fantasy 16. I was hooked in. I still want to get demo. to that. Yeah, I think if you get to it, you will you will get a fair amount out of it. I think the combat in that game is obviously very accessible because it's by the Devil May Cry guys. So therefore it feels excellent to play. Mm-hmm. There's loads of additional, like there's loads of creativity you can have with your combos and your different magical spells you can use um obviously very inspired by game of thrones lots of political intrigue sexy Does shit story deliver? Mm, at times yes it, it has it has the political stuff it does deliver um there's some there's some some real shits in that game that you that you're desperately wanting to have a fight with and beat the fuck out of them. And it's really cool the way that they um they incorporate the fact that there's like summons, you know, Final Fantasy's historically yeah. always got summons in it and you summon these fucking crazy things. In this version of it, they've the the summons are like they have a host body in them. So lots of people are called bearers. I think they're bearers no not bearers. Dominance. They're dominance of a summon, effectively. So Right. The, the dominant of Titan, which is like this giant, he's like a big fuck off bloke who's like manhandling all his women. He's like a Carl Drogo kind of bloke, um, and he's the leader of this kingdom. And he's like a a real asshole. And when you finally have a big fight with him, and then you're both turning into these giant monsters because you're both dominants. Um, the the boss fights in this game are mostly spectacle, but fuck me, are they spectacular? Like, there's mechanically not that difficult and there's a lot of like kind of QTE style shit but it just this game is so high budget and like so full of high end productivity that you can tell that it's like a real proper triple A thing 
It's just... Yeah. When the story starts talking about how you've got this big evil god who's trying to like destroy the world and you're the only one who can stop him, and it just kind of felt a little bit straying back towards a typical like fantasy story when you had yeah. you had this like Game of Thrones style game uh, story in a game and it just felt like I'm actually playing basically Game of Thrones but better than anything Game of Thrones ever put out and that's awesome <laughs> and the demo for this was so good like the, the way that that just hooked me in with the way that ends and leaves it on a cliffhanger I was so looking forward to getting back into it and for a lot of the game you know I trudged through it and I I enjoyed what was being presented, but there are parts where, like, the side quests in it are abysmal. It is just fetch quests of the most mundane shit for basically no reason, and I cannot not do side quests. I just can't ignore them. It's so... It's funny how much of a letdown they seem. It almost seems like the the side quest version of... Remember when Gran Turismo came out and they were like, oh, we're going to make some of the cars really detailed and then not bother with the rest? It feels like that. And I don't know why they did that. It's really I, odd. I genuinely have no Given idea. Given how long that game is and how sort of epic of an epic scale they want to do. And we live in a world in which The Witcher 3 exists and have shown us how to yeah. make interesting side content. It even brings in some side content style stuff to the main quest line at times as well. So there'll be somebody who's like upset in your I don't know your sort of base, your home base, because you're trying to build yeah. this new society of people who are nice to people who have magic abilities and don't chastise them and ostracize them from society. And there'd be like a guy who's or a woman who's upset, and you're like, oh, don't worry, I'll go get you some fucking turnips for this recipe for a soup you want, and then everything will be okay. <laughs> you're like, what the? I'm a god. I'm a walking god. Why is this happening? It's so weird. Like that game could have had twenty hours shaved off of it if they took all that bollocks out, and it would be the the most like mind blowing forty hour RPG you've ever played. But instead, it's a somewhat plodding seventy hour RPG with some really great voice acting, a really cool system of um, for the lore. Every cutscene that you watch, you can press the touchpad. And it'll bring up, it'll pause the stuff that's going on and it'll have everything that's involved in that current scene you're watching, where you are, who's in it. Oh, I remember that being really useful. It's yeah. so good. You can sort of, like, if you ever forget anything, there's it just a click of a button. It's like, oh, yeah. And it'll update it as, like, dynamically as the game's gone on. Oh, it's so clever. Like, every game should have that in it from now on, at least of that size. Yeah, I remember when when I played the demo, I was like, "This is so useful." Because yeah. especially, like, I find like I love fantasy, but sometimes if my head's not in the right space or I'm having a moment like I have been tonight, where my brain's just not working, and um, I'm like, because like fantasy stuff's got really fucking weird names. I'm about to say, like, if it was all like Colin something. and Frank, you'd probably be all right. Yeah, it'd be fine. Not. In fact, this guy does have a guy called um, Clive in it, but still. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're, I was thinking exactly that. Like, it's the names and shit that really confuse me. And in this, it does get like that sometimes as well. So, yeah, it's very, very useful. And the, Anything you want, you can pause it and check out. And it, it updates itself as well, doesn't it, as the story progresses? Yeah, so if somebody's sort of... done something or they've, you know, somebody's killed somebody else or whatever or moved or changed allegiances or whatever, it will tell you all of that stuff. So, it's, yeah, it's really fucking cool. Um but yeah, just I was so ready for it to be done by the end. Like I just was, like, I I was gonna get through to the end of it, and just really was fed up with it. By like, just like, just get on with it. 
just get to the end now. It's just yeah, it just drags. <laughs> but there's a lot to like about Final about Final Fantasy 16, and I think if they can if they can streamline it for the next one and keep it the same kind of style, then yeah, it's going to be pretty special. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting that. I think I said I may actually wait until it come. It's coming out on PC, right? Is that right? Probably. I, can't I might see get it on. Put it in my old deck. That might be a good place for it. If your ha- deck can handle it, yeah, yeah I'm sure yeah. it probably could. But this, this, there is a lot of spectacle that you probably don't want to. You don't want to shrink it down too much. You want to see yeah, it on a big so. screen because some of the honestly the boss battles are fucking wild. It's just maybe I can do the yeah. side. Maybe I can do the side stuff on the deck and then play it on PC. <laughs> Go collect your fucking turnips on the on the Steam Deck. Yeah, yeah. Alex, tell me about Kirby, please, because yeah. I am simultaneously like I'm desperate to play this game, just not on a Switch. So maybe never play this game. Like, I just don't <laughs> want to play it on a Switch. Well, it certainly works within the Switch's limitations, so it doesn't suffer from anything by being on the Switch. Um, okay, so I'm not going to be waiting three weeks, make a cup of tea grow a beard while I'm waiting on the loading screens no no okay. I don't think so it certainly runs fine anyway this is obviously not a game from 2023 but it's I went on holiday to uh, Spain earlier in the year and I took my switch with me and don't know why but I just suddenly decided to, to pick this one out of everything in my switch library and just focus on that on the holiday and I had a really lovely time it was perfect for like being in a sunny country sitting by a swimming pool just playing this delicious fucking sweet and candy Kirby game that um, is obviously set in a, in a world that's like post-apocalyptic so it has that weird dichotomy of visuals. It's weird, yeah. Like the aesthetics are like all mixed up. There's a pink blob running around fucking Last of Us. It's so weird. <laughs> you can turn himself into police cars, is that right? Well, he want? kind of like just smothers himself over a police car and then he... Oh like, yeah, he that's how you remember that. That's, that's actually quite horrifying yeah it is it is horrifying it follows the, the the similar kirby formula it's got like a sort of behind the back camera view to it this time around and i think they've managed to they did some sort of wizardry with the collision detection on this game apparently where like if it from whatever perspective you're at if it looks like you've hit them then you have it's not it doesn't it's not like exactly one-to-one but it's it sort of okay. gives you some leeway with it in a weird way um but it's got loads of cool powers in it that you can get the usual Kirby sort of stuff, like chucking bombs, having swords, boomerangs, all this kind of stuff. But it's it's got some quite inventive stuff in there. And then the the jumping over, like the smothering over stuff or stretching himself around like cars and vending machines and fridges and all this kind of weird stuff. It's just, yeah, it's just a delight from start to finish. I don't actually remember if I finished it or whether the holiday ended and then I was like, yeah, well, now I can play real stuff again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like if you just the problem is, of course, is the Nintendo tax. I don't. I think I must have got it in a that's digital it. sale because otherwise, it's just I'm not paying like fifty quid for a Kirby game that's going to last it. me ten I, hours. I, I feel expect I'd enjoy this game. Yeah, I, I think just, you would. Yeah, it, it's just not worth full bifter for me. Yeah, <laughs> but it definitely got me more interested in looking in back in the Kirby library because I've. I really enjoyed the one that was on the NES back in the day, and I've dabbled with the SNES one. But um, the the 3DS ones are supposed to be really good. So I'm. I'm that was going to be one of my one. questions for you. Is what's your what's your history with the old Kirby? Yeah, I haven't really got much of a of a history with it really. I I played the NES one not on the NES because they that was one of the ones they brought out back on the Wii in the Virtual Console, and then they mm-hmm. brought it out every every Virtual Console since. So um, I think the yeah. only Kirby game I've ever played is 
the Game Boy one. Yeah, you know they remade that for the Switch last. Oh, did they? Yeah, the probably the year before last, the Return to Dreamland or something. It's, that's supposed to be really good as well. Okay. Hey, maybe maybe we'll Kirby it up one day on a another issue pod. Maybe, but yeah, that game's a that game is a fun time. As is like a dragon Ishin, and I don't really need to go into it too much. It's my it is my favorite game of the year because it's the Yakuza games in feudal Japan with swords and guns and stuff, and I just liked it as much as most of the other ones. Really, it's not it's not quite mm-hmm. the best one there, but it, as a as a is Ishin the feudal yeah, yeah the feudal one so like that's the one stuff. Right, it's okay. set in the period where like British people were starting to go over to Japan and suss it out and. There's a lot of like fear of the British in there. Yeah. Yeah, basically. So um yeah, just a really strong as always, as always with the Yakuza games, really strong story, really strong side quest stuff. Um wacky shit throughout. Loads of stuff to waste time with, great combat. I loved it. I absolutely I mm-hmm. didn't realize this came out in 2023 cuz no one's talking about it in their end of the year stuff. But um this is a, this is part of the Yakuza canon not canon, but um, the library that people have wanted to get hold of for decades because it's a PS3 era game that never came out of Japan and everybody, now Yakuza's just hit this boom period in the West. People have been desperate for this. So this came kind of out of nowhere. Like they're actually bothering to bring it to us and have remake they, have it. Have we had more than one Yakuza game this year? I feel like there's been another one. Yeah, man who erased his name. The guy right, one, okay. yeah. Maybe, maybe that's why it's sort of eaten its own lunch. Yeah, probably. I bet it probably made some good bank, though. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder how well it actually did. But if you're a fan of the series and you haven't dabbled in this this sort of spin-off, then yeah, dive right in. It's really fucking good. Is it the only Ishin, or are there more? There are three of them in Japan, so this is the first of the three. I don't know if they'll so ever do might, any more. You might get more. Yeah. I guess we'll find out if it was successful. What did it actually get on Metacritic, thinking about it? Because I didn't think I even really looked. I just was just like, well, I'm getting it. Got a nine out of ten on Steam from like three thousand ratings. On Metacritic, it has eighty-one. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, great, even. Yeah, and then yeah, the the user reviews are not quite as strong, but well worth it. Better than Zelda, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> um, not as good my- as. My game of the year is, without a doubt, Baldur's Gate 3. I absolutely adored that game. It's funny that this is the one to break through, apparently because it's got the the drag, uh, the Dungeons & Dragons license, maybe. That would be mm-hmm. why. But, um, yeah, Larian have been making games of this quality for a long, long time. A long, long, long old time. Um, Divinity Original Sin 1 and 2 are, are both as good as this. Um, this is probably... Uh, this is maybe better in slight ways, but for the most part, it's as good. Yeah, this is just a a game that allows you to play it basically in any way you want. It's essentially Dungeons and Dragons, the game, I guess. Um, the thing I love about this is that I I think I was uploading something for t- to TikTok on the Winners You channel, and I came across a video, and it was about this girl had made a video of how people encountered one of the big areas and how they sort of did it, and they were completing that level in ways I didn't even know were possible to do it, if that makes sense. Um, It's a game that is an absolute house of cards of mechanics. So I I have no idea how it sort of holds itself together and allows players to create 
the characters and interact with the other characters in the world in the way that it does. But it somehow manages it all and finds a way to roll with it. Um, speaking to other friends that have been playing this game, we've done things drastically differently. And it has, unlike like the early Mass Effect days, it has a massive impact on how things progress. Like People can die, become enemies, move on. There's people alive in my game that have been dead for 50 60 hours in my friend's game and the game sort of finds a way to continue and uh, yeah, it's the stories the story's an excellent fantasy story trying to sort of recommend it to other people is difficult i i know a lot of people joel it just seems like it would overwhelm me like i just the time it's going to take for me to finish it and i feel like i have to learn something about D and like how, what is the combat actually what is it how does it work it's essentially the actual like basic form of it, and this is, I think, this is the difficult thing, and why I, I've sort of got on with it so well because I've done my learning in Div- Divinity yeah, One and Two. Yeah. In the, the so the basics of the combat is essentially turn based, like XCOM, where it differs, is that each character's systems feed into one another, so you really need to be really mindful of the your party sort of cohesion and who and what who does what and make sure that people are doing their their proper jobs and stuff like that and you can't you can't brute force it in a lot of way that you can these other games there's a there's a point in this game where you will just hit a brick wall of difficulty and you'll either learn how to manipulate the party in a way that will allow you to sort of progress and once you figure it out you blast through for a long time there's not really a mad difficulty spike for another like 20 or 30 hours but if you don't learn it you i think a lot of people will fall off in mm-hmm. this early massive battle you've got to do because it just yeah it is, it is unforgiving in that regard but if if you take the turn time to learn it it's the kind of game that i've got a friend that doesn't really play many games i mean for example they still play halo Two online, so that's sort of how often they move on from games. You can still do that, oh, I suppose you can on the Master Chief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they will be playing this game for about ten years, probably, just in different ways, making different characters, creating different builds, making different parties, using different items, leveling up different stuff, and enhancing different stuff to create things that can mess around. And it's funny as well. There's common. There's I fell down a hole once. When I was walking around playing the game, and just met uh, essentially a cult of cods. It was these fish people <laughs> that thought you were a god that had fallen from the sky and were trying to worship you and stuff like that. And you can either you can do things like you can either allow them to worship you and just take all their stuff and fuck off, <laughs> or you, or you can like you can do stuff like try and go, no, I'm not a god. And if you try and sort of convince them you're not a god in my game, at least try and do the nice thing. They turn on you hard and try and kill you. <laughs> so like it's just like this is really funny moment, um, and sort of interspersed in this like grand epic tale. And each character does the Mass Effect thing, where each character's got their own storylines, and you can oh, that's cool. mess up mess up the relationships. Or it's, again, it feels cliche, but it's just it takes it to a new depth. Like the, the, none, all, all the characters don't mesh. So it's unlikely that you be able to take all the characters and make them all happy. Yeah, it's just something that can't be done and at some point you've got to sort of draw your lines and pick a side and that then changes how things progress awesome game it just it does sound really awesome yeah i'm really pleased that it took off as well it's like, like i was saying before it's i'm pleased that this seems to be like one of the big games of the year um in a world in which we're constantly talking about call of duties and 
EA Sports FC. Yeah. It's nice that a nerdy ass nerd game has hit so big and done so well. Yeah. Couldn't be more happy yeah, for Yeah, me too. I'm delighted. We've got the best game to award, Alex. Yes. This is funny. I always think it's funny in our podcasts when we do this. We do best game, and by the time we get here, we've talked about these games a lot. Yeah. So this tends to be one of the shorter sections. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I've got Donkey Kong Country in mind because it's so good. I just... It was fantastic. I love that, it, that game. game. It's just... Yeah. It just makes me smile so much. It's hard, but it's, you know, it still has that, like, real unique look to it that no game no other game looks like it because they were the only guys doing that sort of tech on the snares and then the snares died so no one ever really did that again yeah the music mm-hmm. is incredible the challenge is is high but doable in a way that is actually rewarding and feels satisfying oh, s- some of those like tired jumping bits in later games are so yeah. hard i mean the second one upset us a fair bit we were done with that by the time we got to the end of it but the first one was what just was a the... utopia of awesome which game is it because i actually enjoyed this bit but which game is it where you have the platform that you've got to collect fuel for do you remember which one that was? I think that was the first one. Maybe. Yeah, it might have been the second one, you know. Yeah, the cart, cart levels were awesome. Minecart levels are so good. The barrel levels are great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just and it, one, of the, one of the lesser spotted games where f- swimming is fun. Yes. Yes, indeed. The old David Haight. That's because the they, they give you a fucking swordfish that actually <laughs> just functions like a normal left up, right down thing. It's not yeah, yeah. hammering the A button to, to float upwards. I am fully on board with keeping that in here. Um, it's finding, at least, it certainly makes the first, like, survives the first pass. Yeah, I'm not sure it hangs to the end, but it's just, I just want to just reiterate how much Donkey Kong Country rules. I will always mm-hmm. love that game. I think one that is not going to hang, but I think it deserves for at least to be on my list is Metal Gear Solid. Like that yeah. game far more than I thought I did, and it's, I'm now excited to play more Metal Gear. I can't wait. As time opportunity presents itself yes so gutted that the sort of remaster collection seems to be such a letdown nobody should trust konami with anything and people did and it got they got bit by it it's a shame Mm -hmm. but they fucked it hugely i don't even think they'll fix it will they it's just rubbish forever now yeah they're never gonna touch it again so yeah that that's on the list but that we can cross that one out just to allow us to move on yeah let's take donkey kong out of there as well okay because it doesn't it hangs as an all-timer, but I'd rather we focus on some of the more recent stuff that came out. We've both got Resident Evil 4 remake in there. Yours is up at number two. I had mine at number five. I had an awesome time with Resident Evil 4. Yeah, me too. Um, I had Resident Evil 2 remake as number two, but you haven't got that in at all. I just There's part of me that still thinks that I prefer the setting of Resident Evil 2 and the zombies and the all that kind of stuff versus 4. But I don't, I don't Arriving know. in that, no, I, I, think, I think setting wise, I'm with you, because um, I think there's something quite. I don't, I don't know whether it's sort of memories or what, but there's something yeah. quite special about when you arrive in sort of that big hallway. Yeah. Or the first time you've got to go in. So if you're looking up the stairs, the first time you've got to go in that room on the right with the shutters, mm-hmm. and it's all dark, and you're like crawling under stuff. Yeah. That is incredibly awesome. I don't find that Resident Evil 4 is quite as atmospheric as that. It just it's has its vibe and is really great with it. Yeah. It'll just give you massive fish and stuff. I just think Resident Evil 2 remake is a better remake of... A better remake than 4 is. Like, 4 is really a really great game, 
So this is the thing. Yeah. Resident Evil 4 and Resident Evil 2 are both great, and the remakes are both great. But the Resident Evil 2 remake is such a different experience to the original, whereas 4 is not. That's why I had it higher. Because yeah. to me, Resident, yeah, Resident 2 fair. is like still peak Resi, even though 4, as we said earlier, is like mechanically the best one. 2 is still like that. It's still schlocky enough. It's got the zombies in it. It's got the police station. It's got Raccoon City. It's got all their like the key Resident Evil ingredients. Yeah. in it and it also plays brilliantly and has this new beautiful coat of paint on it still looks amazing right now added in the Mr. X stuff that wasn't in the original in a way that was just terrifying at first whereas 4 mainly is the same game again just with a couple of you know with some better mechanics and maybe some slight changes to make it tonally a bit more creepy and a better Ashley experience so yeah I think you're probably right. Um, I think if we're going to cut Resident Evil 4, we also need to cut Dead Space Remake because, for similar reasons, um, it's a shot for it's essentially a shot for shot remake of the first one. I absolutely love Dead Space. I think it is like I'm sort of, I sort of switch mat I switch wildly between being a huge being sort of if someone went, what's your favourite being a wild high fantasy fan and a sci fi fan. And Dead Space is great sci-fi. Yeah. So I, I think as a game, I absolutely love it. It's, I'm trying not to be hyperbolic. It's, an, it's a certain, certainly a nine out of ten game. Yeah. Um, when you're talking about how impressive it is, because the first one exists, it's just building on blocks that are already great. It does make it less impressive. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really do a lot of differentiate itself because I was about to say you could argue the same thing about Super Mario Brothers Wonder, but Super Mario Brothers Brothers Wonder does so much with it. I don't think the same rule applies to that. So I think if we cut four, de- Dead Space has got to go as well. So let's go. Let's just rip that bandaid off. Are we taking four out as well? Are we? Okay. Yeah. Well, I think so. If you, I mean, I think you've made a good argument for two, and if we're we're essentially arguing, we've both got. This, Spoiler alert, we've both got the same winner, so that leaves us two two slots to fill. And I think you've made a compelling argument for Resident Evil 2 remake. So I think that's possibly going to make it. And I'm thinking that Super Mario Brothers Wonder is probably going to make it for me as well. So I think Dead Space has got to go. And because of that, there's just no room for Resident Evil 4. Fair. Which makes our winner Alan Wake 2. Indiana Jones itself under the door. Yeah, grabbed its hat last minute. It did. It's um, it's just a an insanely good piece of work. Like it has, it has everything going for it, and it, every part of it is just awesome in different ways. Um, I genuinely think that is. I mean, I'm trying to think. It may not be, but it's one of the most special games I've played in years. I think it is just a awesome game remedy have just honed their their like sam lake as an auteur and the remedy style and they've just p- perfected it with this like this is the easily the best game they've ever made i was they, i was listening to a podcast earlier they were talking about how kojima's getting older and should kojima have like a sort of civic duty to sort of bring through the next auteur and i actually think it's already done like i was sitting sitting thinking mate have you played alloway too yeah because <laughs> I actually think he is the next auteur, like stepping up to the block. Sure. He's, he's he's not even waiting for his turn. He's taking it. Yeah. Like that is a the way the way Remedy games, in my experience, are the ones I've played so far. 
use music is unlike anything I can really think of in any other games. It's so effective, so evocative. And that section we sing, I just had a massive grin on my face that whole time. Right. I don't I don't I know I do this a lot on this podcast with like existentialism. And you just said a minute ago that you don't want to be hyperbolic. But I just wanna I just wanna put this into context. We have video games as like our, our hobby. It's what we love, it's our escape, it's what yeah. gives you and I I don't want to say meaning, but it gives us like a purpose to this is what yeah. this is what we go to work to be able to afford to do. This is what we have friendships based on. This is what we want to do in our spare time. We have a finite amount of time on this planet. We have a finite amount of time, even more so, to enjoy things. And that we sing segment in a game that is just unlike anything you have ever played anywhere. We need to absolutely cherish that for how magical yeah. that is. Because that is one of the most unique and wonderful parts of any game I've ever played. And, uh, you know, we could all just fucking pop our clogs tomorrow. We could we could somehow yeah. break your hands and you can't play games for a year. You know, we're going to get older. We're going to get... Maybe we won't care about them in a certain few years. We probably will. But, you know, this hobby doesn't go on forever. Life doesn't go on forever. And you have to sit... You know, it's all well and good just like pumping your way through like Apex Legends or Fortnite and just fucking poning noobs and shooting shit and whatever. But when something like that that's had that much like craft involved in it and artistry, you just have to sit there and just be like, this is fucking video games. Like, this is why they rule. That is, that we thing is why video games fucking rule. Yeah, absolutely. I feel a bit more comfortable sort of saying kind of how I feel because I often think when. I've got an instant reaction to a new game. I need to go away and think about it for a while because yeah. quite often I do calm down about it. But genuinely, I think that we that whole we sing set piece was one of the most impressive game sequences I've played in decades. Yeah. Like, I can't think of anything really that jumps to mind that was better and more flawlessly executed in the yeah. way that it was. Like yeah. you spoke earlier about like the the music choice was perfect the yeah. the way you move it the the set design was perfect you spoke earlier about how remedy have sort of come of age in their use of um real people mixed yes. in with CGI stuff yes. the way that like there's bits you're walking out and some of the and some of the real people are like guiding you I, upstairs I was genuinely like lost the first time I noticed one of the band members was pointing me up some stairs like oh thanks buddy oh, oh it's genius it's so good it's it genius. Is, simultaneously unique um enjoyable funny impressive evocative but also reverential of the source material that is clearly riffing on mm. like it's i often think like sort of because a lot of this game i think is sort of taking things that sam lake is obviously i think you've touched on this before but i came away feeling like this has taken a lot of things that he likes in pop culture and he's sort of smash yeah. it together into some sort of cohesive game i i think it's I often think it's such a tightrope walk to be reverential and sort of winking a nod to something yes. without without sort of losing or, or whilst also keeping your own distinct personality in this game nails it and that that section is the perfect example of that yeah. but it just takes this sort of wink and nod to the, the whole thing that alan wake is built on which is it clearly is it's got like noir horror the that tv show that i'm always forgetting yeah. the name of twin peaks yeah <laughs> yeah and it just sort of but it still feels distinct does that make sense yeah. 
and it's 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 fucking awesome and you know, another thing that jumped out at me as well because i've just done it and it's sort of maybe because i'm also thinking about it as well you were talking about the finality of life and how it's going to run out one day and we've only got a set amount of breaths in our body before we'll all be dead um i've also been reading the thursday murder club books okay which is about uh sort of murder club um and it's all the all the characters are like 75 80 years old and the guy that wrote the book was saying i was listening to an interview and he was talking about how if people take one thing away from the book he hopes that beyond sort of enjoying the book he also take the take the lesson that like old people are still people like they're still they're still funny they still got flaws they're still angry they're still like mischievous in the same way that kids are or we are as young adults they don't lose that when they get older they're just mm. old people and because you're in an old folks home doesn't mean you are surplus to requirements I actually got a little bit about that when I was walking around the old folks' home in, in Alan Wake 2 because they sort of intermingle and mix in characters that you know from the previous game. Mm-hmm. And you, they've obviously had a life after Alan Wake. So like, there's the radio guy who was yeah. also like a fully functioning, like normal dude um, trying to do his radio. And I, I, I assume he still has a radio show, but he I does. don't even think it's clear whether this is a real radio show because if when he's talking doing his radio show, his computer's off. <laughs> so I was like, hmm. it, is he actually... But anyway, so like, it, he's still sort of doing his own thing. And when you go out and you... Did you go out and speak to them when they were all standing on the porch yeah, after yeah, the power yeah. went out? And he's trying to like round you up for an interview. That's exactly what he does in the first game. Yeah. And it just sort of like... And then you see Cynthia and you're walking around her room and you can see like pictures of the power station that she had lived in yes. for years. And there's like the light section. And, yeah. and, and I was just like... I, and and I actually think, on top of that, you're walking around the old folks' home, and it's this big, grand old building, but it's interspersed with like stuff that's clearly there for old people. So it's like there's like the handrails and stuff like that. You go to the bathroom, and it's like there's like this the standing bit with, and then someone's wheeled a chair into one of the hospital showers, so that somebody could have a seat while they were also having a shower. And then you've got the. It just felt like a real old folks home. Maybe I'm being a bit mm. dramatic with that, but to me, it sort of really, really gave me the evocative. Like I could almost have that smell, that sort of distinct. I was about to smell. say you can. It's just you can almost smell. Yeah, it, yeah. I totally and then they sort it. of do like the mischievousness of the of like Thor and Odin as they're oh, yeah. he's, he's literally running about with a hammer, but they <laughs> they do like make him out to be like some sort of scallywag. Yeah, drinking his moonshine, and then they touch on him. Yeah, and then they develop him as well, and it turned they out they really do. Yeah, what a game! What a game! And, and, and it, like I said earlier on, it it plays it plays really well now. Like it's it is mechanically the yeah. the best game they've made, and it's mm-hmm. so like you look at Alan Wake One that you know it plays fine, but worse not worse, but the the main thing with that is that it did feel kind of like the main environment was just a lot of trees over and over again whereas the variety in this one like they must have looked at that as a criticism from somewhere and then been like okay well every single part of this game is going to be slightly <laughs> different so with alan wake you've got you know you've got the new york sections you've got the we sing bit you've got the hotel bit you've got um like underground in the station that's another bit we're gonna to have to come to this tomorrow but that is that underground bit is basically the start of max Payne, right yeah uh, maybe yeah felt like it didn't it yeah and you even have the bit where you run off down the tracks and then a train comes yeah and there's a thing about the cult burning the train and with all the people in it it's fucking horrible 
Jesus. And then, yeah, Saga, you've got like the Coffee World bits. You've got, um, what else does she have? You've got all the, di- well, there's different areas she goes to as well, isn't there? There's Watery and there's mm-hmm. Bright Falls and there's Cauldron Lake. Watery is so funny when you get out of your car and there's that lady, she's like standing just like that. What is going back- on with those people in those places? That is fucking You come mental. back later and she's like on, the, on her hands and knees, like sniffing the rain. <laughs> what she's doing. There's one where in, I think. Oh, it, the sauna lads as well. Yeah, but there's, there's one like in Watery. I think it's Watery. Where you go, yeah, it is. It's when you're running out of the town towards Coffee World. There's just somebody stood right at the end. Yeah. Front of that bridge just. <laughs> and I went and I just stared her in the face and just thought, she's not going to react to this. But imagine if that happened in real life. You just, there's just somebody stood it. Why are they all out in the street at night? It doesn't make any sense. Do, do you know the other one that it made me, it actually made me think of you? Because I remember you said when you started watching Twin Peaks. There was like a scene where oh, like yeah. someone's at lockers and the guy starts dancing. Yeah. There's you walk out into the sort of lobby area of the hotel as Saga, and there's like three people sitting having like a totally normal conversation. And then there's just one guy standing up just dancing around the room. Oh yeah, I know the one you yeah, mean. Yeah. Like, yeah. Highlight of the game though, the mayor. He's also a he's, I, he's yeah, good. yeah, Mayor Setter. Fantastic. Yeah, we've got a we've got a big talk about this to have tomorrow. Yes, so I don't yeah, let's not blow our load. But yeah, at- it, but yeah, clearly our winner is is yeah, it's such a good game. Oh, it's fucking brilliant. So yes, Alan Wake Two, Mario Wonder, Resident Evil Two remake. We've had a hell of a year. Now let's look forward to next year. Yes, um, our most anticipated twenty twenty four pod game. Right, there's not really much to say about mine. This is basically the games that we're going to be picking for, like they're just retro or because they've got a, an I'm anniversary. Uh, my most anticipated is Shenmue, Shenmue, purely because it's just going to be hilarious because the game is so fucking stupid. And I am nervous. We may not get, we may not even pod about it because we may just be like, this game sucks. <laughs> I cannot finish it. But I just, I'm going to try. I feel like the the discussion that we are going to have about Shenmue is going to be so much fun. We're going to have a, such a laugh at the end of next year for that anniversary of that game. I think it's 25 years, I think, we'll be at. Gen- David's got one that's going to be genuinely good fun to play and I'm really psyched for. But Shenmue, I just think, I looked through the list and was like, all these games are going to be great fun. Shenmue is going to be a different gravy. We're going to have some fun. <laughs> it is indeed. Uh, mine's Halo 3 ODST. Yeah, I, I re- have not played that game in probably about 10 years, but I remember... Other think it'd be my second favorite Halo game behind Halo Reach. Yeah, um, that Halo it just does. Awesome. It takes it takes takes the Halo world and turns it on its head and a bit and makes you realize that uh, Master Chief is this just like one man army because you feel genuinely you see enemies that you're just sort of like even the little grunts, for example, like they're, they're yeah they're fairly easy to take out in Halo Three ODST, but they're they're much bigger, yeah, and much more intimidating. The games, yeah, we'll get to it. Yeah. Your most anticipated 2024 release, Alex. It has to be Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. Now, I've put that on here. Back on your bullshit. Yeah, but I probably won't play it this year because I still need to catch up. Now that they've decided to link this back to the Kiryu series, I feel like I have to go back and finish that. So You've got it. it. They've totally fucked me. So I'm probably realistically most anticipating David's 2024 new release that will be on the pod. This will be a pod game, like a dragon won't be. I think you should make a list of the Yakuza games in chronological order and bold them as you complete them so I can watch this happen in real time <laughs> yeah. and see how far you've got to go. Okay. 
Um, my, my most anticipated game, Dragon's Dogma 2. It looks great. Oh, Everything I've seen yeah. about this game looks so good, doesn't it? It just looks like it's taken the first game that was, it's like an almost David wants to play yeah. and they're, they're, they're sort of ironing out the stuff that sort of prevents you from having fun and building this massive, cool world. I, I really hope that's what's happening, yeah, because the first game is just a bit clunky and a bit wonky to mm-hmm. enjoy fully these days. The ideas behind it, some most of it is are really cool. The combat in it was really good. Climbing on stuff is really fun, like monsters is really fun, but I couldn't necessarily recommend that over what we have to play these days. Like It's just a bit too old, but mm-hmm. this one looks special. I am very, very excited for Dragon's Dogma 2. A worthy winner. It does. And that brings us to the end of another epic, not quite as long as our console. Getting there, but yeah. List. But we've survived. Will we run through the winners quickly? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Best story, we've got our winner. Alan Wake 2, runners-up, Metal Gear Solid and Alan Wake. Best gameplay, we've got our winner being Resident Evil 4 Remake, runners-up being Super Mario Bros. Wonder. How do, you, do you say Super Mario Brothers Wonder or is it Super Mario Bros? Is that how you're meant to say it? Either or, but yeah, I guess it is Bros, isn't it? Yeah. It's the full stop after Bros that I don't quite understand. Yeah, because it's because it's an abbreviation of Brothers, but I don't know why. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It just is that way. Same as Mr. and Mrs., and run- I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah, yeah, okay. And um, run, also running up Titanfall 2. Most bullshit. The end of the final test, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, Wonder, with runners up being Metal Gear Solid PC, Psycho Mantis controls, and blocking my backtracking in RE4. Alex, do you want to do some best surprise while I try not to cough? The winner there was Super Mario Bros. Wonder that we just thought was going to suck, but absolutely does not. Also, we have the Dead Space remake, which we thought was going to suck, but absolutely didn't. And the Resident Evil 4 remake, which seemed like it didn't need to exist, but my God, I'm glad it does. Worst game, we have Fear as the loser, I suppose, in that regard. We're followed by Layers of Fear and Warhammer 40k Bolt Gun. The Outsider Award for me was Like a Dragon Ishin. And for David, it was Baldur's Gate 3, a game I kind of have FOMO on, but eh, also just never going to finish. I'm just glad he loves it. And the game of the year is Alan Wake 2, followed by Super Mario Bros. Wonder and Resident Evil 2 Remake. And we're looking forward to Shenmue, Halo 3 ODST, and coming out in 2024, Infinite Wealth, Like a Dragon, and Dragon's Dogma 2. That's it. We've made it. 2023's in the bag. Time to move on to 2024. Yep. What game have we got up first, I guess? I actually have just closed the spreadsheet. I believe our first game to be played is Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Oh, yes. <laughs> and then what a start and yeah and then we're on to to february film fest with batman arkham asylum and robocop rogue city so and some films to chat about so oh, absolute banger of a start hell yeah what a year gonna be great oh it's gonna be good but i guess that brings us to the end of another episode of the winners you podcast if you liked what you heard and even if you didn't why not give our numbers a bump by subscribing to us on your podcast feed of choice not google Podcasts. thank you very much yeah or if you prefer to imbibe your podcast in a visual format, you can head on over to YouTube and search a Winners You Podcast so you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. If the podcast isn't enough for your bi-weekly dose of a Winner Is You chattery, you can also follow us on the website formerly known as Twitter at Winner Is You Pod. And you can even send us an email to tell us how wrong we were about our choices. I assume we've 
just taken a knife through your other podcast, Alex, by triggering poor Rob yet again by slagging off PlayStation and <laughs> did you say it was si- Simon by telling him fear was our worst game of the year? Yeah. <laughs> so you can send us an email and tell us how bad we are over at at gmail.com. Alex and I also have Twitter at DavidSmiley1 and super at SuperThrillix. We have TikTok now. Just head over there and search for Winners You Pod and we pop up. Alex, any other housekeeping? That's it. Well, and on that bombshell, I've been David, he has been Alex, and we have been a Winners You. And I'm out. Bye!